Hello, my name is Will Spencer, and you're listening to the Renaissance of Men podcast. My guest this week is a husband, father, filmmaker, and the founder of the new band Electrum Fire, John Dutois. This is a time of transformation. As old ways fall, men are called to rise, to heal our lives, grow strong, and transcend our limitations. In tribes around the world, drawing on the best of masculinity from all of time, a new day is beginning. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.
How have the past couple years been for you? I understand in asking that question, there are many ways to answer it. I think of COVID as a declaration of war against humanity. Perhaps in some ways the war has always been raging, beneath the surface. But in March of 2020, that war burst out in blitzkrieg fashion into all the nations of the world and their institutions. Medicine, law, media, finance, government, transportation, technology, the arts, and even sports became battlegrounds as we were locked down within our homes and national borders and subjected to a relentless assault which has only just begun to wane, maybe temporarily. So, we are living in wartime. And how has that been for you? For me, the past two years have been productive. I've gotten in the best shape of my life, made great friends, established a brand, helped men, found my voice, and not least of all, found Christ. It hasn't been easy, and it's cost me a lot, but it has been worth it. And I know many men who felt the same, that 2020 and 2021 were some of the best years of their lives, despite the strain. Hard times make strong men, right? But that experience has not been shared. Men have lost homes, livelihoods, friends, careers, reputations, civil liberties, and even their lives in this struggle. And when you take into consideration the health impact of the vaccines, the list gets even longer than that. We are at war, after all. If the closest the front has gotten to your life is in your social media feed or around the Thanksgiving dinner table, you can count yourself lucky. Because for some men, the war has come to their doorstep, walked in their living room, and stood in the circle of their families. Which brings me to my guest this week. His name is John Dutrois, and he's a husband, father, and musician in the new band Electrum Fire, whose song Exit Babylon you just heard part of, and hit the link in the description because you don't want to miss the rest. But you may know John better from his work as a filmmaker. He was the co-director of the Mike Cernovich documentary Hoaxed, and has worked on projects with Stefan Molyneux and Lauren Southern, and had his films featured on Infowars. John is also Canadian, and if you've been following what's been going on with America's neighbor to the north, you know it's not good. John saw dark clouds gathering for his country in 2020, and he had to flee with his wife, children, and parents to where he lives now in Mexico on the Yucatan Peninsula. In a previous episode of this podcast, Pastor Doug Wilson talked about America's land migration. Migration is not the same thing as flight from danger. Migration can be reasoned, deliberate, and careful. There's time to think and plan. Flight is something else. Flight is take only what you can carry and run. Let that sink in for a second. I have trouble imagining it, but I can feel it. And John lived it. Now imagine what that might do to you as a man having to leave your home country and almost everything you knew and loved. Loose ends left hanging, future uncertain, all the resources you took for granted that you'd use to protect, provide, and preside, as Ryan Mickler says, left behind. Might you find that challenging? Frustrating? Crushing? What if you had a family? How would you lead them? What would you do? How would you rebuild? And could you even make something beautiful out of it? John had to answer these questions for himself. May we all learn something from his example. In our conversation, John and I discussed his history as a filmmaker and how he came to work on his documentaries with Mike Cernovich and Lauren Southern, 
networking, and professionalism at the highest levels of world achievement, including with Jordan Peterson, Tim Poole, and more. Firearms idolatry, or how some men make their guns into gods. The limited usefulness of the manosphere, and what might be coming next. His new musical project, Electrum Fire, and what it signifies for his creative and faith life. And finally, his experiences leaving Canada and moving to Mexico with his family and his journey as a husband, father, and artist to rebuild. Hard times do create strong men, but we're not just talking about an economic downturn or a rough patch. We're talking about wartime, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a fighter. So I hope you'll join me in honoring John for his bravery and decisiveness in this conflict and his courage to transform it into art. If you enjoy this episode, please don't forget to share it with the men in your life. And if you have a moment, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and also a rating on Spotify. If this is your first time listening, welcome. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Men and on my website, renofmen.com. This episode is sponsored by my Renaissance of Men men's coaching. Keep listening into the episode for more information or email info at renofmen.com for more. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce this week's guest on the Renaissance of Men podcast, the co-director of Hoaxed and founder of Electrum Fire, John Dutois. Hey, John, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Well, finally, it's good to meet up and uh, you know, it's great to be on your podcast. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. I know you've had a lot going on, a lot of uh, production stuff you've been doing, a lot of travel and so I'm grateful we can make it happen. Right. So I think of, of, all the, of all the different kind of artists and creatives that I can think of, I think the one that has the most um, obscure rise is probably a, the film director. I don't, I don't think that I have a good sense. Like I know what it is to be a band and to grow as a band and do this touring circuit because I worked in music studios and painters and artists, but, um, but how a director goes from starting out making films as a young man to doing big budget features, documentaries, things like that. I think that's the sort of thing that I have no idea how that works. And so maybe you could tell a little bit of your story of how you came up through the film world and how that ties into some of the other creative projects that you're doing right now. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting question because I'm not really um, like, like I, I don't really consider myself as, as like a, a successful filmmaker, like an established sure. filmmaker. Um, you know, like it's not, um, it's, it's, it's not something to do if you're looking for a stable income, let's just put it that way. <laughs> right. So of course, you know, if you, uh, if you're in Hollywood and you make it there, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great money and all that stuff. Right. But, um, it, it really is, it, it's a passion that you have and it's, it's, it's something you pursue because you're obsessed with it. Right. Mm. And, um, and, and that's, that's my story. And I, I think, you know, with, at, at, you know, uh, you know, with the majority of people in, in this field that you talk to will have a similar, uh, a, you know, like a, a similar reason why they, uh, they went all in. So, uh, for me, yeah, I mean, I've always been, I've, I've always been somebody who, um, who, who was creative, like as a kid, I would draw, I would draw comic strips, right. I would draw my own comic strips. I, I would draw Garfield, you know, like, you know, my, um, I, I would draw my own Garfield stories and stuff. And, and also like my own original stories, mm-hmm. mostly. And, um, which is kind of like making a movie, right? You're basically telling a story with, 
with, with images, right? And um, so when I got older, uh, so I, as a kid, I, I grew up in, in Europe. I was born in South Africa. I grew up in Belgium. When I was 14, my family moved to Canada, right? So mm -hmm. when I came to Canada, there was more opportunity there to get involved in something like, you know, the film industry. Mm -hmm. um, but, but even that, you know, at first it's like, you know, you have this, this, uh, this sort of desire to, to be involved with something like that and, 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 and to pursue something like that. But, uh, you know, in the front of your mind, you're like, it's a pipe dream, right? Like, sure. you know, most people are not successful, which is true. I mean, it's a hard reality. Most people are not successful uh, in that kind of endeavor. So, but um, it, yeah, you, you sort of, um, you, you basically tell yourself, like, it's not possible. You're going to do something that's more accepted, that seems more stable. So I went to university, um, you know, after I took like a year off from, uh, from school, basically, after I graduated high school. And um, I spent a year in university. This is uh, U of T in Toronto. Um, and uh, in Scarborough, actually, it's like a, a secondary campus. And um, I just realized they're like, this, this is not worth it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to waste my life. I don't care if I, if I make good money or not. I'm just going to yeah. be wasting my life. And I, I, have, I, I have skills and talents that I want to explore and develop and, and, uh, and, and bring to the world, right? And uh, I'm, I'm just going to squander my life here. Like, you just have one life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to squander it. So, um, and it, it really became, it, it was a very, a very clear moment for me when I was sitting in a philosophy class. And there's like 400 students in the class. And I'm way at the top. And I, I, can, I can see my instructor all the way down there. He's like, he's like this small, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, I even know what this guy looks like. And I'm supposed to be learning from him, right? Mm -hmm. About and, philosophy, uh, too. Yeah, exactly, right? And yeah, it, it just, at that point, it became clear to me. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here with like 400 other, other students. We're all going to be competing for the same jobs that we probably don't even want to do. But we have to. Society expects this of us. And, we have to make a living and all this stuff, right? So I'm like, I, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm not doing this. Yeah, screw it. So um, at some point, I, I, I came home. I don't know if it was that day or not, but uh, I just told my parents, like, you know what? Um, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to university, and um, I'm going to be making movies, right? So, but in my mind, I was like, no school whatsoever. I'm just going to make movies and just make it happen. Um, you know, to, to my uh, surprise, they were, they were fine with that. They just had one condition is I had to go to a film school, right? So I'm like, sure, not that's bad. fine. Yeah, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a bad trade-off. And, um, you know, in, uh, and back then, so this is 2005, right? Mm -hmm. So my last year in university was 2000, well, my first and only year was like 2004, 05, I think. And, um, yeah, it was 2005. And... Um, so I think that's the year that, that YouTube got started. Mm -hmm. So it was still in its infancy, right? So if you wanted to, if you wanted to go into the film industry, you kind of had to, you kind of had to go to film school at that stage though, right? Yeah. Like now I tell people, you want to become a filmmaker, don't go to film school. You're going to waste your money. It's, it's overpriced. Um, and, and, and the skills you'll learn there are important, but you, you can learn them on your own using YouTube yeah. and, and, and these platforms. And uh, the most important skill um, to be successful, and it's something I've always had, um, you know, it, it doesn't come naturally to me, is, is, your, people, is your people skills. Like how mm -hmm. you present yourself, um, how, uh, how you make friends, 
Yep. Um, if if you're if you're a temperamental artist, it can be a challenge. Uh, but but you have to have people skills. You have to have networking skills, and that's stuff you don't learn in film school, like in a in a class. Mm-mm. But you you do sort of learn it because you have to work with people around you, right? And uh, and I noticed then, like, and, and and this was one of those like, it, it was one of those like. Um, it's like a fast track film school type thing mm-hmm. where you're there for like just over a year and then that's it. So you pay them a lot of money. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was, a, right. Um, you pay them a lot of money and they just sort of like run you through the meat grinder kind of thing. But, but I noticed there too, like, um, you know, yeah, it was kind of a scam in a way, <laughs> but, um, there's a lot of opportunity there still. Like no matter what situation you find yourself in, there's always some kind of opportunity there. And I figured, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give her, you know, as, as, as much as I can. And the uh, Canadian comes out going to give her, I'm going to give her, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot there. I met some good people there. Um, but then again, you know, uh, like my worldview, uh, I was, I, I, you know, like I, I've, I'm a lifelong Christian and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also conservative, I'm lifelong conservative, basically. Like mm-hmm. when I, at my first political awakening, I'm like, this is the, this is the one, you know, you know, this is a side of things that makes sense to me. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, that's, you know, that's been influenced by my, uh, it, it's been influenced by, you know, by me, by virtue of me being a Christian as well. But anyway, so. I was right away at, at, at odds with the people around me because in a film Ooh. school in Toronto, like, you know, they're going to be liberals, man. There's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just the default state. Um, that's just how it is. Right. Yeah. Yep. So um, there was always this sort of like disconnect between me and the people around me. And, you know, I, I don't want to say they're bad people. They're not bad people. They're, you know, they, they want to get ahead. They want to be successful. Sure. But, um, you know, they're going to look at you a little bit sideways, you know, when you make a short film about how 9-11 was probably an inside job. Right. Maybe. If, you know, Maybe. And, and, yeah. You know, and, and, and these people, you know, I, I did this in 2012. I, I, I made a short film about 9-11 being an inside job. And, oh, wow. and some of these people, they, you know, they, they made the film with me. And like, you know, it's, it's either credit. I, I guess I didn't realize back then how controversial it was. I mean, 2012, you probably should have, but. Yeah, by that point you should, it's obvious by that point. Right, right. But, um, yeah, you know, like I, I, I submitted it to festivals and things like that and it got blackballed and whatever. And like a year later it it got, it got put on Infowars. Right. So now these people are probably like, Oh my God, like I, I, I helped John make this film and it's on Infowars with Alex Jones. I I didn't care. I was happy with it, but you know, I, I stuck around, uh, for another, like, like three years in Toronto and it just got to the point where it's like, you know what? I'm not going to make it here. Like, um, I'm a complete fish out of water. These people, you know, I could see from back then already, like, you know, the way, uh, the way that society, it, it started to get really divided and, and I could see it was just going to get worse from that point. Like this 2015, um, I, I saw that it was just going to get worse and there's just no way I'm going to make it here. Right? Like I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it with these people unless I shut myself up, I self censor, I play the game. And some people do that and, you know, there's some merit to that, but it can't last forever. Like you need to be who you are. Mm-hmm. If you're an artist, you want to express yourself. And if you're constantly, if, if you're tamping down on that, it's not good. It's not good for the soul. Right. And, right. and you know, I, I, I think um, you sort of learn to be a coward that way. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, it's something to think about if, if you're in that position, right? Like at some point, you have to you have to reveal who you are, right? If you if you want to play that game. So anyway, especially if you're an artist. Um, yeah. Right. So, uh, um, you know, my wife and I at that point have been talking. Like we we want to move out west somehow. It just felt right for you know. It, it was no like like a lot of our major decisions. We just kind of go on gut feeling, and we wanted to we wanted to go out west and. Um, so at the time, my brother was in the in the RCMP, right? It's it's like it's like the federal police force in Canada, but but they do they do local policing as well if if there's no police force there. Mm-hmm. The and, Royal uh, Canadian Mounted Police, right? Right, right, yeah. yeah. And um, and he was stationed in Alberta, and uh, after like so many years, you you know they it's policy sort of that that you have to get transferred to a different uh, a, a different town or province or whatever, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, he got posted to uh, to BC, which is mm-hmm. it, it's it's the westernmost province in Canada, right? And we're like, okay, fine, let's go. You know, but going this out is west, like out west. You know, and we drove yeah. there. Like it's crazy. That's a long but drive from Alberta. From from Toronto, we oh. we drove from Toronto. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's like, like like it's like a three four day drive. Like New York to Seattle in America. Yeah, it's pretty much that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, so we did that. And, uh, and, you know, we arrived in this tiny town in the middle of nowhere in the middle of BC, right? Mm-hmm. And so you arrive there, people see you're new, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a filmmaker. What are you doing here, right? Um, yeah, good question. So it was, it was kind of like, okay, now what, right? But, um, you know, long story short, I... Uh, you know, 2015 is is when the U.S. is when the U.S. election started to heat up more, mm-hmm. and 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 Donald Trump became this phenomenon. So I at that point, you know, I I really started using Twitter a lot, you know, mm-hmm. to see what was going on, and and that was a you know, you know, that's the first place where you get news. And uh, I started seeing this one account, you know, you uh, this one this one account, um, you know, just sort of kept popping up on my feed that people started retweeting, and it's Mike Cernovich, right? Mm-hmm. And I started reading stuff. I'm like, okay. And back then, he was a lot like saltier and and more controversial than he is now. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I'm like, I, I found that he just understood on like an instinctive level what was going on. And um, so I followed him. And yeah. Anyway, at some point, um, his his DMs his DMs were open, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like. I don't know, it was like March 2016 or something like that. And uh, I just figured, you know what, I'll send him a DM. I'm like, I, um, I, 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 you know, I, I just really appreciate what you're doing and what you're saying. And I, just, I feel like we're going to work together someday. I don't know if you, have, if you ever read the message or not. I mean, you know, to this day, I don't know if you actually read that message. Mm-hmm. But um, a few months later, he, he posted on Twitter that he wants to make a documentary on fake news. And if, uh, you know, he... Um, he, he wants to find a director. So, you know, you have to submit like a, a trailer that you make for the movie. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And, and that's how I basically got the gig. Right. So he chose me and he also, he also chose Scooter Downey, mm-hmm. um, who I knew who I, I knew who he was because uh, in 2013, um, there was a short film contest that was run by Infowars and Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. I placed second, Scooter placed third. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And uh, so I knew who he was. He knew who I was. So it's like, oh, this is interesting. It's, it's you know, it's, it's some sort of like a synchronicity thing happening here. 
And uh, we ended up working really well together to this day, solid friends, um, you know. So it, it was a really, a really good experience. And that's basically that launched me into this, this whole, um, like, um, you know, this like online right wing, whatever conservative, you know, whatever you want to call it, sphere that was that at, 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 at that time was full of energy, right? So that kind of mm-hmm. launched me a little bit. And, uh, you know, the rest is pretty much history, as they say. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible that, you know, a lot of things really lined up, you know, to make it all, to make it all possible and to make you the, the right man in the right place uh, at the right time. And I, I, I didn't realize that you and Scooter hadn't been filmmaking partners before. It must've been quite an experience to show up on this project, you know, this really high profile project with some huge names like Tim Poole and Jordan Peterson and, you know, and, and have to have to make it work in real time. Like, what was that? I mean, you guys knew of each other because you were both right. in this info war, info wars, you know, short film competition. Like, what was that like in those early stages? Like you meet in person, you start talking and you start coming up with a creative vision. Dude, what was that? What was that? What was that process as you're learning to build a friendship and a working relationship kind of in real time? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's, uh, if you really think about it, it was, it was kind of miraculous because in, in, in filmmaking and, you know, like any sort of, um, you know, like any sort of kind of uh, creative endeavor, um, there's a lot of ego at play. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it it's it sounds bad, and and many times it is bad, but but it kind of has be. to be. Yeah. It, it has to be because if you if you don't have that, you will just get run over constantly, right? Mm-hmm. So if if you want to make your mark, you you kind of have to you kind of have to have that in place. So when when I first flew to LA. I'm like, okay, how is this going to work out? You know, um, you know, me working with this guy. Like at that point, we we had talked on Skype a little bit and stuff, and it it seemed okay. You know, there's at first you're always a little bit kind of standoffish, but at the same time you realize like this is not my project. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Mike Cernovich's project, and his name is attached to this. Mm-hmm. And if if we're gonna go and fight and be dicks and 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 have like ego, you know, and and have like ego contests. Um, it's going to negatively, uh, it's going to negatively, um, um, negatively, negatively impact impact. Yeah. Um, sorry, I have, I have a little bit of a stutter oh, Okay. and it, it's sometimes just like, you know, it just rears its head. Right. But sure. anyway, um, it's, it's going to negatively impact him and, um, that is not gonna be good for him. It's not gonna be good for me. not gonna be good for Scooter. It's going to just screw everything up. Right. And. Mm-hmm. At that point too, like you, you feel like a kind of responsibility of like, you know, this is, you know, you know, we're on the right wing, you know, we're conservatives, whatever. And we've been really under, we've been really underrepresented in, in, in media and in, in film, music, what, what have you. Yeah. And now there's a lot of energy behind this movement because of Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we don't want to screw it up. Like you, you feel like there's responsibility to do right by all these people who want to see you succeed, right? So that that kind of shaped how we work together. But then, you know, at some point we realized, like, okay, this guy's actually really good at what he does. I can actually trust him. I don't have to each other. You mean? Yeah, exactly. Okay. He thought that about me. I thought that about him. To this day, we're like, there's only there's only one person I really trust with something I'm working on, and that's him. And he he feels that way about me too, right? That's amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was a combination of like, yes, we, we have to, like I said, we, we have to work, we have to work together with our ego. So I'll put it that way. And it's also just, 
you know, it, it was just divine providence at the same time. Mm -hmm. so, and, and you learn to flow with that. Yeah, because you recognize it's not all about you, right? Like you've been brought on board to do a job and this is, this is your coworker and, uh, you know, you respect each other going in and you got to make it work. And, and I definitely know that, you know, success at any creative endeavor at a high level absolutely requires ego, absolutely requires ego. Like it's, it's sort of, there's the legendary rock star ego, the legendary Hollywood actor, director, whatever, you know, someone who's performing at that, at that level has such a, and must have such an immense trust in themselves and has been mm -hmm. given bad advice through their whole career decades, let's say, and they've not listened to it and they followed their own intuition and guidance and gotten the right. job done better than anyone else. And so that's kind of where that healthy ego kind of comes from. Now it can get completely out of control once you start, you know, I guess idolizing yourself, which yeah. men, are, men are apt to do. But if you've got that healthy ego in check, then you recognize like you did, no, we're here to do a job for Mike Cernovich and for this larger right-wing kind of movement that's really having a moment that's reflecting your own personal values and your own, own upbringing. Like you're, you're not leading, you're serving. You know, there is a leadership component in terms of the creative production, but you're serving this larger movement. That's healthy mm -hmm. ego, right? Right. No, absolutely true. Absolutely true. And like, yeah, it's, it's a balance, right? It's like anything. There's a, there's a balance for sure. Mm -hmm. And so you're, so you, so you, you, you get on, you start putting together this project. You know, these are a lot of really high, high flying people at the time. Some of them still are. Um, mm -hmm. And you sort of went from, from just DMing Mike Cernovich, like, hey, I'm a big fan of what you do, to, hey, why don't you sit down with Jordan Peterson and Project Veritas and all stuff. What was, what was that experience like? Just, you know, kind of building the plane in midair, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it, 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 it was kind of a whirlwind sure. in a way, but it was, it was exciting. It was exhilarating. It was nice to meet all these people. Um, I've never really been, I've never really been somebody who, um, who, who gets starstruck, right? Sure. Um, so, you know, cause you, you just sort of realize like, you know, th these people are just people, man, they're, they're humans. They've got their, they've got their quirks and yeah. they've got their insecurities even and whatever, you know, and, and they, they don't want to, they don't want to mess up. You know, mm -hmm. some people maybe are, you know, a little bit more like self-destructive and things like that, whatever. But, um, you know, they, if, 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 if they agree, you know, to be in your film, they, they have a, you know, there's a lot of implicit trust that they place in you. Of course, mm -hmm. it's not just me and Scooter, it's, it's Mike Cernovich, right? Right. Um, but, you know, they're not there to make your life difficult. They, they, they want to sing the work, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, you know, like it still is like a collaboration. Um, and and you, just have, you kind of have to see it that way. And you have to, you have to help them be the best and, and look the best so yeah. that they, they can do what they do best, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I guess I get the, I get the whirlwind kind of part, like almost like overnight you're transported into this, the highest levels of, of, of the movement that's beginning to take, to take shape at the time. Like that right. must, that alone, regardless of, yeah, they're absolutely all human beings. You know, when I was, um, when I lived in San Francisco, I was in the music industry and um, not at a super high level, but I got to travel in some of those circles and it's the same kind of thing. Like you, you know, people want to look good. They want to do well. They don't want to mess up. That's a good distinction, by the way. It's not, it's not just that they want to do well. It's that they don't want to mess up. And that's a right. very, different, very different kind of energy. Um, but just to discover that, you know, these uh, men and women that I, you know, that would be very easy to idolize. It's like, no, they're just, they're just people. You know, they come, right. off, the, they come off the stage and, you know, yeah. there's an energy that they embody. But then when they 
you hang out and talk with them, it's like, oh yeah, they're just a human being. They're not levitating three inches off the ground. But there still right. is a feeling of of getting into spaces where, you know, little things matter. I think we're used yeah. to operating with a wide tolerance in our everyday kind of casual social lives and in some workplaces, but you know, at levels like that where people don't want to mess up, the tolerance get on them. Sorry? They, they they have a lot of pressure on them. Yes. Yes. And I think that's something that's very difficult for um an average person to understand is is uh you know the number of people that are that the 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 stage that they're operating on the precision of words like jordan peterson talks a lot about this in particular he likes to be very precise in his speech because he's going to get called out on every single word he uses so he right. wants to make sure that the words that he uses are the words that he chooses mm. um, and most people don't have to live that way <laughs> we're fortunate yeah. to not live that way absolutely true and i think you know i i i i, I knew that that was true like from like you know, uh, from, from a long time ago, because so, um, my, my, my dad was a, a pastor, right? Oh, okay. So, um, you, you see a lot, I, I sort of did like a little tweet about this, um, um, on, on Twitter last night, but you, you sort of understand how the scenes and behind the scenes works. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like this bad thing all behind the scenes, it's nefarious. No, it's just like, you know, how things, how, how these things that, that you see on a Sunday morning, um, you know, how it runs during the week, how it runs behind the scenes. Like, you know, the, you know, there's an organization that needs to take place because, you know, if you don't have that, you don't have the Sunday morning service, right? Right. But with that comes, uh, you know, a lot of politics and, and things like that. And, and, you, and, 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 and people, you know, they, and, and people want to take it down. Like if you're the pastor, there's going to be people who come to your church and they're going to want to take you down, right? <sighs> it's so terrible. And, I know and, you're and, right, but that's terrible. Yeah, it, it's, just, it's human nature, right? So. Yeah. So I, I knew from, you know, uh, from very early on, like, you know, what those pressures look like. If, mm-hmm. if, if, you're, if, if you're in the public eye, it doesn't matter if you have like a, a small church of 100 people, you're still in, in, in you know, like you, you have to meet certain expectations, I guess, I, I don't, I, you know, and um, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's more pressure on you than, than most people have like their nine to five or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, so I knew that as well. And I also knew that if, if people, if people see that you are close to somebody like that, they want to use you to get to them. Right. So I, I was already very aware of that. So when it started happening with like Cernovich, I mean, I would get DMs from people. Can you ask this? Or, you know, what is, uh, what's he like? I just don't answer that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if it's with somebody that I'm talking to and I start asking questions, I, I make sure that I'm going to protect these people, mm-hmm. um, right? And it's not because I know things that are bad to know. It's just like I, I um, you know, like you, like you just want to weed out these people, basically, because yeah. they, they will draw energy away from them and you as well, because now you're involved, right? Yeah. So, so I sort of understand like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of pressure on these people. And they, they have needs that are way different from like the average person. And if you understand that, then, you know, you, you will, you know, get far, you will gain trust and things like that. So, and it's, it's just better for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a, it's a way of, it's a different way of living and than, than people are used to. And it's not necessarily intuitive. Like it's a little bit like riding a bike. Like one of the, one of the reasons I'm interested in, in your story is because I can relate in some ways of, of having all these different, um, all these different experiences that have all fed into what I'm doing now in ways that I didn't necessarily plan. So I want to get to talking about Electrum Fire and your new music project and how you're putting together your music and, you know, uh, 
cinematography and editing. We'll get to all that. And then of course the political and religious component, like it's all, it's all going somewhere, but definitely I can look back and see, you know, during my time that, you know, in the music industry, working in a, working in a music studio, you know, seeing like, wow, learning how to interact in this environment. Like there's no, there's no, like we used to start out by saying, um, people skills, networking, like there's, mm-hmm. you can't learn networking in a classroom, right? No. There's, what are you going to do? Like put it up on the whiteboard? Like, no, you, especially when you're networking with high powered, professional, successful, established public people, there's no class for that. Like you just gotta, you just gotta pad up and learn to do it. And right. those skills will take you further in some ways that yes, of course, if you have, you have to have the creative skills locked down, but if the creative skills without the networking skills, without the knowledge of how to actually be in a room full of successful people, you won't get anywhere. Similarly, you can know how to be in a room full of successful people and not actually have the skills to back it up. And you might get right. somewhere, but you won't mm-hmm. get, you won't get very far. Exactly. Yeah. And, and people, you know, and, and this sounds kind of bad in a way, um, but, uh, you know, people are just not gonna, you know, they're, um, they're not going to pull you to the top, right? Right. Like right. they just won't because they have, they have their own desires and things like that. And, you know, they're not going to help somebody else, you know, uh, if, if it's not helping them and mm-hmm. it's, it's human nature, right? Like, you know, it, it may sound bad, but I don't think it's really that bad. It, it's yeah. just how it is. Right. Um, so yeah, you have to, you, you, you have to learn people skills, you know, it's uh, and it, you know what, it's something that I, I feel like I'm still, I, I have a lot to learn there still. Don't we all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, I think that that's, that's the interesting aspect of filmmaking as a creative pursuit. Like we we're used to, I think in our culture, looking at bands, it's like, Oh, look at this huge band, whoever you two Metallica, whatever, like global bands. Right. It's like the amount of like what makes that band successful is the ability of whatever, four or five, six guys to maintain a good relationship over the course of like 40 years being essentially married to each other. You know right. what I mean? Like guys have yeah. trouble maintaining friendships for several years, let alone like, no, our whole livelihood is dependent on us working that out. There's that. But men don't, we don't actually get a chance to talk about that because no one wants to hear that. You know, they want to hear, they want to hear about the thrill of being on stage in the same way being a filmmaker. It's like, it's this giant collaborative effort <laughs> involving hundreds of people. Right. Like you don't yeah. ever get to see that though, right? You see JJ Abrams or Steven Spielberg or whatever. You don't actually get to see them at work doing their people skills thing. Right. Yeah, it's true. Like, and it, it's something again, and this is why I want to say too, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like an expert on that side of things because, you know, I, um, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of like a loner in many ways. Uh, sure. and, and you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. It's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's my internal makeup, but also like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of isolated geographically and I'm sure it's something you want to talk about later too, but, mm. um, you know, there, there's that component to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, 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 uh, in terms of a band, right? Like I have this band now, Electrum Fire, right? <laughs> that I, I just started, but the band is just me. Like I'm the only guy, right? Right. you know, but it's like, so, so what do I say? Do I call it a music project or, or what? Like, like, how do I present this? And it's kind of like an experiment for me in many ways. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be all over the place, I think. Right. Which is fine. You know, like I'm, I'm not, uh. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a learning process for me too, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like the only guy, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just refer to it as a band, I guess. But you know, mm-hmm. somebody asked me if they care, then tell them no, it's just me. I'm the only, I'm literally the only guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all, all the instrumentation, the vocals, the the website, the you know, like everything, right? Um, so 
there's not a lot of there's not a whole lot of collaboration going on there. But again, you know, with with things like film, you you have to it, it has to be collaborative. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to pull it. Like you can have a small crew. Like we had a pretty small crew on Hoaxed, actually. Yeah. Um, and and a small a small crew can do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've you know this this one short I did back in 2014. I probably had about probably had about 30 people on set. You know. Wow. Um, and and there was a lot of um, there's a lot of egos that I had to deal with. And yeah. things got a little heated sometimes, you know, it happens. It happened on more than one film that I've, you know, of mine. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's part of the game. So I, I, do, I do have some experience there. And, um, but, uh, yeah, no, the, the, last, the last two, three years, it's been, you know, I've been pretty, I've, I've been a one-man show pretty much. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did this one project just a few months ago with Lawrence Southern um, mm-hmm. on, on the American border. And, um, great experience, but super tiny crew, super tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, it turned out well. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Um, but, um, yeah, as far as like, you know, of, 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 of dealing with a, a large number of people that, that really hasn't happened for, for a number of years now for me. Yeah. And there's, there's some, there's some benefit to that, you know, now that, now that you have, you know, digital cameras and, you know, smaller, more lightweight, you know, LED kind of gear. You can you can run a pretty light crew versus yeah. having thirty people on set. Was which which film yeah. was that? Because the only the only um, other than other than American Mirage and Hoax, the only f- thing that I could really find was a clip on the on um, American is an American drone. Is that the there's right. a yeah the actor who's in that has a clip on his YouTube page. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was that is that is that the film? Because that was a great clip. Like the 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 actor was great. Yeah, no, he was great, and uh, and yeah, he's 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 a great guy. Um, but uh, no, what I'm talking about. So, American Drone was 2013, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and that was made for the Alex Jones, uh, the, the Infowars contest. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was done in like in like record time, like super cheap. I mean, it's it's it it was it was a, it was a fun experience. Uh, super small crew as well. Like I I ran, you know, I did camera cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did all the editing, audio, uh, wrote the thing, wow. you know, and, 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 obviously, and, and then obviously directed it as well, produced it. Like, it was just, it was crazy. Mm. Um, it's, it's like 20 minutes long, which is really long for, for a short film. Yeah, it is. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but what I'm talking about, it, it's this, um, it's sort of like this, it, it, it's, it's like a dark comedy sort of that, that's set in the film world. It's called Short End. Mm-hmm. And it, it's on my Odyssey channel. I, I put all my shorts on there uh, from from way back when. But um, yeah, I, I just wanted to I, I I wanted to level up. This was 2014, so this is a year before I decided, like, you know what, I'm I'm done with this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to to BC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it was a fun film and everything. I, I really enjoyed working with the actors on that. There's a lot of actors. It was, it was like an ensemble cast kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, that was good. I had a lot of problems with the crew. Um, mm. Not the whole crew, you know, like, like one or two people, right? But that, that happens anyway. They know who get, they are. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but they know who they are. And they would agree. <laughs> we, we just we didn't get along on, like, on a personal level. But, sure. we, you know, we wanted to work together because we were, like, we, we, like, like we, both, we, we both respected each other's talent. Let's just put it that way. Mm, and so okay. we wanted to work but it just didn't work out like just on a personal level um and and sometimes uh 
when when you have that sort of conflict on set, it, it can actually be, you know, like a, a positive thing, you know, for the end result. For this, mm-hmm. it was not, I, I didn't really feel that. So. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I just wanted to do something that was, that was like, like less controversial because at that point I'd already done the, the 9-11 thing and I did the American drone thing, both of which ended up on InfoWars, right? And it's not like I was ashamed of that or anything. Like I, you know, I, I didn't hide that or anything. I just wanted to do something that was not in that wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's try and do a comedy, which does not come naturally to me. Yeah. Doesn't seem- uh, so I did that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I did that and, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, I managed to finish it. It was, it was a hell of a, a hell of a process, but um, I just, on some level, I just did not feel satisfied. Like the world doesn't really need this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more like a vanity project, and I did not really feel, I did not feel fulfilled with that. And mm-hmm. that basically caused me to think like, okay, well, what do I, what do I want to do with the skills and talents that I have, right? So. Mm. And so that led you back more in the direction of more short films with like serious topics. Yeah, well, that was, that was the last short that I made, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, a year after that, um, I mean, I, I, I did like, like smaller projects and stuff like that, but um, yeah, a year after that is, is when we left Toronto. Okay. And, uh, you know, th- that was a year that my, 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 uh, my first son was born as well. Mm-hmm. So just a lot of changes that, that, that took place there. And, you know, it was good. Yeah, making unfulfilling comedy short films after your first son is born is probably not going to be on the list so much anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he wasn't born yet, but, you know, he, uh, he, he was in the oven at that sure or right before anyway now you mentioned that you're a little geographically isolated and i know that you've recently you've recently moved to mexico what you're in is it merida i don't know yucatan yucatan peninsula maybe that's right yeah what's that been like i mean i follow you on instagram and so i get a a little window into into the life out there right it's um it's been good actually you know like I, i i can't complain Mm-hmm. Uh, the main issue is again, I'm, I'm pretty isolated here, you know, sure. like the last two years. So basically in 2019, I, I had, uh, I was, I was quite busy. Um, I did two, I did two projects with Molyneux. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this one other project that I worked on that, that did not get finished. Uh, it's a whole other story, but, uh, you know, I, I was quite busy, you know, I could make some good money that year and stuff like that. And then, uh, 2020 hits mm. and I've heard of this. Yeah. The lockdowns and everything mm. made it uh, hard for me to fly. Um, and, and all sorts of things. And, and just, you know, there were just no, you know, um, you know, there was just no offers for work basically. No one was working uh, because nobody was working. Right. And yeah. people are kind of unsure what to do. So basically I just took a huge hit that year and, um, I try to make some like online stuff work, like, you know, like, like online business stuff. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who can make that thing work. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, it was kind of a disaster. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Anyways, a good experience. And, uh, you know, it was just like super demoralized and, and things like that, you know, because moving to Mexico is something that my family has been, you know, sort of, at that point for like a few years, you know, on and off discussing. And, uh, I was kind of open to the idea. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, then I'm like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like I, when, when 2020 hit like that, that really became a conversation in our family. 
when I say my family, I'm talking about my uh, my 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 two parents, and and uh, I've got one sibling, a brother, right? Oh, okay. So you're so wow. you're um your your extended your close family, like not your yeah, wife yes. and your kids' family. Okay, I was I was wondering. Yeah, well, I'm just talking to her too, obviously, but uh, well, sure. but yeah, no, it, it was them, right? Like like we all lived together in the same town. Like we moved together to that town in BC. Oh, okay, that was the story that you told earlier. Right, right. Got it. Uh, so, so we were all together and um, uh, in the in the same town, and so we were having this you know this conversation, uh, this conversation, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm I'm not moving to Mexico. I'm not doing this. I, you know, I'm not going to run away. You know, blah blah blah. But then, yeah. um, uh, it it is at some point like it just it it just became like super clear to me like where where Canada is heading. Yeah. And I've got two boys, right? And um, I, I, I don't want to send them to school in Canada. I don't, I don't want them to be forced to take a vaccine. So this is 2020. This is before there was any kind of vaccine on the market. Yeah, you saw it coming. I knew there was a vaccine coming. I knew that they yep. were going to make it mandatory, even yep. though they were saying, oh, it will never be mandatory. I, I knew it was happening because, again, like I've, I've, I've been following this sort of thing at, at this point, like, you know, for like 10 years at this point. So, so I, I knew how, how they work, how they think. And I knew it was coming. And I also knew, sadly to say, and uh, you know, some people may may not agree and may have a problem with this, but um, you know, uh, you're, you're not going to see a big fight in Canada. Mm. Uh, and uh, which, again, you know, to sort of go back and forth in time now. In in, uh, in beginning of this year, when the whole convoy happened, I, w- I was pretty surprised. I did not expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. I supported it. I'm like, you know, I donated to it, you know? and. Um, I wanted them to succeed, but I, I also knew in the back of my mind, like the government's going to crack down on these guys like super hard, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it disappeared. Right, and it disappeared. Right, so you know there is some, you know, there is some sense of like resistance there. I just, I just don't personally think it's going to be enough. And um, I also thought about like, okay, do I stay here and, and sort of like fight this thing or whatever? And I thought, you know what, with the skills that I have. And, and the connections I have, I'm, I'm, I'm better off somewhere else doing it online. Um, and, and at the same time, my, my family's out of harm's way. I don't want my wife to go through this stuff. I don't want my kids to go through this stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah. So um, it was not a decision I wanted to make. Uh, I've, I'm still kind of like, I still feel kind of like resentful that it was a decision I was forced to make. Um, but I, I try and, and sort of take that resentment to, and, and, and have it fuel what I do, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, these, these bastards that have done this, they, they, they need to be taken down. They, they need yeah. to be fought. They need, you know, they need to be resisted. So, you know, the other day on Twitter, there was a comment like, oh, you know, you ran away or something. And I kind of like unloaded on them a little bit. But um, b- because I'm not, like to me, this is more like a, it's, 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 it's more like a strategic retreat. I'm 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 taking my family and myself out of harm's way, so I can be more effective in in my in my new in my in, in my new area, right? So I'm here yeah. now, and it's like and and the people are are wonderful here. These are, are really nice people. Um, it's not perfect, like you know, there's still a lot of mask wearing that goes on here. A, a lot of stores still want you to wear a mask when you go in. Um, oh, wow. So I, I don't I, just, I I I don't go to many stores. Um. It's been loosening up a little bit, but it's it's sort of like in the mentality here. But there won't be a vaccine mandate here, mm-hmm. so um, there's that. And again, you know, for now, this is where I'm at. I'm 
I'm, I feel like I'm in exile and I, I, I practically am in exile. Mm-hmm. And I sort of see myself that way. Like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm not out of the fight. If, if anything, this, this will make me more effective. It's taken now, I've been here almost two years now. So in November, I would have been here, I, I will have been here two years. It's, it's taken up until about a month ago for me to get to a point where I can, you know, where I can say like, okay, I can now, I can now keep going from where I was when I left Canada. Oh, wow. It just took a while to get settled. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of upheaval, right? So yeah, it, it, yeah I, I definitely took a hit there. Um, and again, a lot of, a, a lot of dark moments, uh, a lot of demoralization, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm aware why it's happening. Right. So it's not like I'm, I'm confused about it or anything. Um, so that, that's been a help as well, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm now ready. I'm, I'm now at a place where I feel like I can, I can start to move forward again. Mm-hmm. I want to dig into this a little bit because this is a subject that comes up for me all the time. And, and many of my male friends I have, you know, who tend to frame things only in terms of um, fighting with, let's say, force of arms, right? Mm-hmm. And not really understanding that, okay, I'll, I'll speak about myself. Like, okay, yeah, you can, you can put a rifle in my hands or shovel in my hands or, or something like that. And, you know, I can do just as well as the next guy. Maybe not as well as someone specially trained in ditch digging or, you know, marksmanship, but I can still do a decent job. But for me right. and for who I am and what I can do, there are other ways that I can be much more effective. That doesn't mean I have to be on the front lines. And I find right. that it's, and now there's still some part of me that's like, uh, well, you know, I should be, I should be doing this other thing. But I, I think that there are other ways that I can make a more powerful contribution because of mm-hmm. who I am. And, and, and it's a real, I mean, I, I can relate very much to your struggle. Like, am I running away? Am I avoiding my responsibility? But for me to hear you tell that story, it's like, no, you're, you're doing what you have to, to protect your unique skills and abilities. Because right. they would be wasted in other circumstances. Like if you were in Canada right now, what would you be doing? You know? Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is too, is like, um, when I was in Canada, like, uh, it was, you know, it's a pretty, it's, it's, it's a high cost of living country. And, <laughs> and back then it's, it was like now with inflation, it's insane. Yeah. And I would not have financially survived had I stayed. That, there you go. Moving to Mexico, um, it just made it possible for me to, to not go you know, to not go tits up. Right. Right. So it's like, and, and that was not even, that wasn't even on my mind when we made the decision to, you know, to, to make the move. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we got here, I'm like, Oh man, like we can live way cheaper here um, than back in Canada. So I would have been way more stressed out there. I would have been, I've been, you know, like, like more worried about like money, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so that, that's a huge part of it as well that a lot of people don't understand. And now people are getting squeezed with inflation, like rents are super high yeah. uh, and housing costs are just insane uh, and the grocery costs. And now all this stuff to do with the farms, like what's happening in the Netherlands now, they're going to do that in Canada as well. So, so that country is getting squeezed like crazy. And, you know, there are some people that will be more effective there and they sure. need to stay there. Right. And God bless them. And I support them. And I, you know, I, I, I want them to succeed. And I, 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 I I do a lot of prayer for them, but for me personally, that was not the right move, right? So, and, and most of my work, most of, most, um, and most of my connections were in the U.S. Uh, you know, I, I deal with, you know, I, I deal with more Americans than, than not. Sure. Um, so for me being in Mexico, it's kind of like how it was, you know, um, you know, um, pre-pandemic in Canada. Like I'm just in a different country, mm-hmm. right? But I can, 
you know, I can fly. Okay, so there's a vaccine mandate. Um, you know, flying into the U.S. Um, For you. Yeah, you know, there, there's some there's some ways around it because um, I, I, you know, when we when we were on the project um, on on the U.S. border project, uh, American uh, we, Mirage we, with Lawrence Southern. Yeah, we uh, we we walked across, you know, into the U.S. Yeah. No, like, like like through a border crossing, like like you know we did not do it illegally, but we oh, okay. yeah, like we you know went to a land border crossing. Okay, they didn't ask us for a vaccine status. They didn't ask. They didn't care. So we just sure. walked through. We're in the U.S. We you know uh, for like a few hours to go get some shots of the wall there, right? But um, so it's not like it's not super tightly enforced, and, and there are ways to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's 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 not perfect, but it's. Yeah, like in Canada, you know, um, uh, since like November 2021, up until a few weeks ago, you could not leave the country if you were unvaccinated, unless you went through like, you know, a foreign airline and they maybe don't check you, or if you walk across and they maybe don't check you. Um, but it, it's, you know, you know, there's just way more restrictions, right? So anyway, I, I still feel uh, that it was the right move for me to come down here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and you're keeping your, you're keeping your family safe too. Like there's your individual concerns about, you know, financial concerns, professional concerns, et cetera, as a man, but you've got your sons and your wife to think about. And that changes, that changes the whole equation, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that alone. And, and I didn't realize, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to hear that Canada's letting people out. I mean, last I had heard, you couldn't leave the country without getting vaccinated. That's insane. Like you yeah. can't travel on trains. Totally not. You can't, yeah, you, you, you could not board a plane domestically even. And oh. it's coming back. I, d- I just want to be. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I, it, it's, tempor- it's temporary. They, they, they made as much clear in their statements and stuff. They're, they're really a bunch of evil people. And um, it, it's coming back. So now, like, if, if you're in Canada, you want to get out, now would be a good time to do that. And, like, yeah. you know what? When, when this vaccine mandate, when, when this vaccine mandate was announced last year in September or whatever it was, Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of people that arrived here from Canada is insane. Yeah, there are so many Canadians here. So w- me and my family we were early. When we showed up, there was like we were the only Canadians here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in November 2021 and, and like October, there was a huge influx, and now yeah, people literally leaving everything behind and and just coming here with what they you know had on a suitcase on the plane. That's wow. It. Wow. And many of them are still here. Like they literally fled the country. Yeah. Okay. So uh, now, um, you know, like my one good friend, you know, you know, now with the, uh, the, uh, the vaccine man, I got lifted. Uh, he's back there now to go and, you know, uh, to, to go and tie up some loose ends that he was not able to get to before he left. Right. And he doesn't even want to go back. He's like, it, it just, it doesn't feel like it's my country anymore. Right? So it's really sad. There's a lot of heartache and things like that. But um, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's it's just it's that kind of time in history now, and you just you have to take action. Yeah, in, in self-preservation, right? Like right. that's, and I think that's that's the the tension that so many men are carrying right now, which is the tension between wanting to go to quote unquote war, fight back, resist, whatever that energy is that versus the energy of self-preservation like how do i how do i lock down and solidify what i've got and build a strong base to push back from and you right. ha- you're we're forced 
we're forced to do both at the same time at high speed. Mm-hmm. Right. And now personally, I think that the, the acceleration of the great reset is a good thing. I think the faster they go with it, the more chaotic it's going to be and the more pushback and the more reckless it'll be. It'll be regardless that increases the stress level of everybody. Right. Because right. you have to do more at once under under duress. But it, yeah. I mean, it, it makes it makes success, the long, their long term success less likely. But mm-hmm. it makes us frantic. And, and men are, um, they're losing calibration, they're losing focus, they're losing friendships. But I mean, I, it feels like the, the times are almost designed to like, how hard can we squeeze people before something happens? Right. And I, I do get the sense that these, these new world order types and, and the Klaus Schwab types and, and these assholes, that uh, they're sort of getting nervous, right? Sorry. I, I'm sure I can... they should be. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, they, they seem to be getting nervous. They, you know, they want to step things up. And, and people are, are noticing more and more. Um, but like I said, yeah, it brings a lot of chaos, you know, into the mix. And, and it, it's really important to, like you said, you, you have to keep centered. You have to, you have to keep calibration. I mean, I, it's something that I've struggled with. The last, yeah. like this year, I've struggled immensely with that. I just want to be Same. clear. Immensely. And it's, mm. um, especially that, you know, plus you're isolated, right? In a foreign country. In a foreign country, and again, like these people are wonderful. You know, I really love the Mexicans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, they don't look at you like you're here and like, oh, screw this gringo, whatever. It's fun. They're happy to see you. You know, sure. Um, so it's 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 really been good. Like I, you know, but but it's it's not my country. It's not right. my country. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if I have a country. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel I feel more affinity with with the U.S. because come to Phoenix. Yeah. Well, we'll see, you know, maybe, you know, maybe in the future that would happen, but, um, it's like this, this whole, you know, and, and well, we are in a war already. It's just not a hot war yet. Oh yeah. In some places, maybe it is with this whole situation in Ukraine, you know, um, it's debatable, but, but we're not in a hot war yet. Mm. Um, and, but, but, but we are in a war already. So, and this is where things like, you know, making, music and songs and movies whatever it, it, it helps and people doing like like you know like really good journalism um you know it, it those things matter because you know those are like the weapons of war right now and then also spiritual prayer yes. um you know like the whole thing in 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 the book of ephesians chapter six put on the armor of god like these are things that are no longer like these cute little you know statements that you say in church like this is it's practical it's very it, 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 it should have been practical all along, but, but now you can really see the need for that. And, yes. uh, and, and that's how we fight now, right? So you have to be in the fight wherever you are. Um, and, and you have to look at where can it be most effective um, and, and look at your options. Now, if you're in the U.S., I mean, absolutely, you should, you should own guns. You should and know how to use them. I mean, in Canada, I, I own guns. I know how to use guns. I had to leave them behind. That, that was also hard for me. It's like I'm going to a country where I'm not allowed to own guns. Okay. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's like, okay, so I have guns in Canada. You know, what, what am I going to do? Like, okay, you know, if, if, if there's a, you know, if, if there's a breakdown in society, um, you know, and, and there's looters coming, yes, you know, I can protect myself. And that's important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, I, I don't want to focus on all the bad things that can happen. I need to focus on what I need to accomplish. I need to focus on my mission. Mm-hmm. And that told me like, okay, you have to give up your guns now. 
on a personal level and move to a country where you can't own them so you can be more effective for your mission, right? Mm. So that, that was a tough, you know, because a lot of people, they, they really idolize and make a god out of guns. And I'm, they like, do. I'm super pro-gun, super pro-gun, Second Amendment. God, God bless you guys for having that. Buy as many guns as you can, buy ammo, learn how to use it, and, you know, and, and also get, like, tactical training because mm-hmm. a lot of people just go to the gun range and, you know, with their beer, right? And they just, like, stand there still shooting at a still target. Yeah, um, flat range. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, but, but anyway, you know, that aside, it's like uh, you, have that, you have that option in, in, in America, so make use of it and, and have it. But, but like, that is not it's, – it's, it's not your mission. Like you still have a mission that you, that, that is more important than that. And, yeah. and thank God that you have the ability to get guns, but, but the guns, it's not, it's not your mission. Right. So, um, it's something to keep in mind, like, you know, well, this is, this is where faith becomes really important because you're absolutely right. There are a lot of guys that make idols out of guns that, and that's, and that's, and I, I won't just say that's like, that that's an American thing, right. To sort of yeah. lose so there's religion has been taken, particularly Christianity has been taken out of American culture systemically, let's say for the past 60 to 70 years. And so, and even the religion within American culture, within Christianity, as I'm discovering day by day, is it's been systemically weakened as well, right? So presence in the center of culture has been removed, and, the, and then even the ability to push back from within the religion is gone. And so men, men look for idols, and, you know, firearms give men a sense of power. And, you know, mm. so does going to the gym. And neither, there's nothing wrong with either of these things. Yeah, but when it, become, when it becomes an idol, when you don't have something above that, it's really right. easy to lose sight of, of, of yourself, of, what's, of your mission, of what's really important in pursuit of the idol. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, have, to, you have to keep first things first, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you will be tested on that. Like, Amen. life will test you on that. Right? Um, but uh, yeah, there was something I was going to say there, and I forgot. Anyway, oh yeah, no, I just wanted to say about you know like the Second Amendment. Like in my mind, the Second Amendment it it, it has already it 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 has already served its purpose. So obviously, you want to make sure that you know that, you know that they won't be successful in 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 um, that they won't be successful in in repealing the Second Amendment in America. But even if they do today. But like it, you know, you still have your guns. You're still not yeah. going to give them up, right? Right. Um, and if anything, that that would basically set off a war that that may may be inevitable at this point anyway. So it's just like, you know, some people are so like freaked out. Oh, they're going to take the Second Amendment away. It, it's already done what it had to do because at that point the law becomes more like it becomes more and more meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are, are starting to wake up to that, right? So, um, but yeah, obviously you want to, you want to safeguard it as long as possible just to smooth things over, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make that point. No, it's, it's, it's a great point. It's, and it's really important. Um, you know, you had said, um, we're at war and I regard COVID as a declaration of war. It was, I mean, it was, it was even, even in the moment and even back in February, March, 2020, my buddy, Tim, Tim is also Canadian, also from Toronto. And Tim and I were talking about that. He lives in Australia. And um, he, he and I were talking about that. And we're like, okay, we can already see where this is going. There's going to be a vaccine that's going to be mandated. Now, we didn't know anything about mRNA at the time. So we just thought it was going to be your standard, you know, garden variety 
you know, garbage vaccine. So I actually still have stuff and to detox from vaccines in my fridge, you know, just in case it was, you know, but we didn't know that, yeah. it, you know, now there, by the way, there's a study that came out of, what is it? Israel, Sweden, something like that, that just came out like today. I watched a YouTube video about it, that the MRNA vaccine actually is, is modifying DNA. That study is now, is now out. Like, and it, it's, you know, there's like video clips of, 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 of Bill Gates, in like 2018 or 2015 or something, he was talking about that exact thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, I think what he said was like, uh, you know, it's like an mRNA slash DNA vaccine. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, you know, like, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no. And if you, you had to do what you had to do to avoid that run, mm-hmm. you got to leave your guns behind to flee, to flee Canada, to flee. And, and by the way, I know what you mean about the, the pushback isn't going to be strong because I've in, within Canada, because I've traveled the num- more than 30 countries around the world and I've spent time in Commonwealth countries. So Australia, New Zealand, uh, less so in Canada, but also in the UK. And, you know, as, as great as those people are, as great as the culture is, there's the spirit of fight just is not in those countries. I was in New Zealand just before 2020. I spent almost two years there in total cumulative. And it's just like, as much as I love the Kiwis, they're great people and they're beautiful mm-hmm. islands. The mm-hmm. people there they don't have that American rebel spirit. They just don't. Right. And it's, and it's the same in Australia. It's like, there's the pushback doesn't, that's why it's got to come from America or American inspired people who do live around the world. Right. No, that's true. And, you know, um, you know, with America, like, you know, you know, like, like you, you have, you, you, you have the story of your founding, like you, you, you were birthed in a war, a Mm -hmm. war for independence, a war for liberty, a war for freedom. And yeah, like it can get a little, you know, like jingoistic every now and then, but you know what? It's still very important because mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's, it's like imprinted on your psyche, right? Mm-hmm. As an American. And you know, that it, it, it matters. It matters so much because in yes. Canada, you don't have that, you know, because like, if you look at Canada, like, you know, that, that nation was formed through, you know, through basically political agreements. Right. Oh, wow. And in 1982, so it was always like, you know, it, it was always like officially part of, of the UK, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 1982, there was a process called the, the repatriation of the constitution. So that's when, when Canada uh, gained its own constitution mm-hmm. and, and became like a nation in its own right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, back in 1867 is when, is, is when, uh, is, you know, uh, what they call confederation is when that happens. So it's, it's basically federalism. And, you know, they basically agreed like, okay, this is going to be a country where you have provinces and, you know, they're, they're going to have their own governments and, you know, you know, we will have like a federal government. So it, it, was, it was just like an agreement. There was no fight for that. And again, uh, a lot of the losers of, of the American Revolution, you know, they were known as the loyalists, they went to Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Because back then it was, it, it, uh, I guess it was known as, 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 as British North America, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they, they went to essentially Britain and North America. And a lot of those people, yeah, yeah, a lot of them are not bad people. Like, for example, Simcoe, um, he did a lot to like, you know, basically settle like, you know, large parts of Ontario and things like that. Like, like you, know, you know, these were solid men. Mm-hmm. But, but, but there's no, you know, you know, there's no like, you know, huge fight for your liberty imprinted in the psyche there. Yep. And um, it's sad, you know, and, and also, you know, um, uh, a lot of people don't know this about Canada and a, a lot of Canadians don't know this. Like they have some of the best, how should I say, like, a, uh, you know, they have some of the best fighters in the world in terms of, like, of, of the military. 
1917 in Vimy Ridge, you know, they, they were known as like shock troopers and they basically scared the shit out of the Germans. Mm -hmm. uh, 1942, you know, they, they ran this like pre, you know, like Normandy assault on France that ended in disaster, but it was like a lot of bravery was displayed there in, in Dieppe. And then, um, you know, to this day, like, like we have the best, we, we, we have the world's best snipers, but, but people don't know this because it doesn't get talked about. Sure. In uh, 1993, I think it was, uh, you know, um, there was a Canadian contingent uh, that was sent on like a, a UN peacekeeping mission to, I think it was Croatia or something, or, or at the time Yugoslavia, something like that. And they came under fire from, you know, a, a I forget which country it was, but, you know, uh, there were way more of them than there were of, of, of Canadians. Mm -hmm. and, and they beat their asses back and didn't lose a single guy. And then it was official, it was official government policy uh, to put a gag order on that in the media. They were not allowed to talk about it because they did not want, you know, to quote, um, tarnish the peacekeeping um, uh, view that, uh, that, the world have, that the world has of Canadians. That's so, a surprise. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, like, you know, you, you do something extraordinary, it should be celebrated. Yeah. No, it's like, no, we were we're politically correct right and and that spirit mm. has really infected that country to a debilitating degree you know to the point where they elected this, this idiot and, he is and an idiot. Uh, you know and and yeah now now his true nature is coming out because he's got basically he's got full power right mm. so it's really sad and it's in my view too little too late they're going to go through hell um we'll see what happens after that I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, hopefully they don't get taken over by some like multinational organization or whatever. Right. Uh, you know, hopefully there, you know, there will be an opportunity to rise from the ashes, but there will be ashes. Men, look at the world today. You know something isn't right. You know many things aren't right. And if you're smart, you also know that you have something to do with it. What's wrong isn't your fault, but I bet you know you could do something to change it. In fact, I bet there's something you could do right now, not just a task undone, though there are plenty of those. I mean a journey untaken, a land undiscovered, a shield gathering dust, a sword rusting, a map rolled up somewhere inside you, and a call unheeded. If this describes you, I understand. It once described me. I was 50 pounds overweight, stuck in a dead-end relationship, surrounded by men afraid of their women, and waiting for my hopes to come to me. I would have waited forever, except for one thing. I wanted to live, not simply be alive. I wasn't content to float down the river of life with everyone around me. I wanted to paddle towards the shore and follow my path towards adventure and along the way make a difference in this beautiful and broken world. So one day, that's what I did, and I started in the company of men. I'm beginning a new online men's group called The Forum of five to eight men who are looking to live like I once was, and I have spaces opening in my men's renaissance coaching program. Email me at info at if you'd like to learn more. Just know there is more in you. Are you ready to discover it?
Yeah, it's, uh, I agree with so much of what you said that that America's founding mythos, you know, is is really important, and not just the founding in war, but also the expansion into the American West. That the frontier mm-hmm. mentality that lives in the deepest level of our psyches, this notion of um, very Americans are very practical people. They're very down home people. They at our best, right? At our best, right. and and um, very get the job done kind of people. Very individualistic, and you know, like I said, I've traveled the world, and that individualistic mindset exists no place else in the world because mm-hmm. no other country has the same founding mythos, or if leave it, if at least it does, it's so far back, and Americans right. just don't understand the right. difference that that makes. Now, not every country in the world needs to think like America does. But the world needs a country that thinks like America does, is what I tell people. Because so many liberals, liberals, they absolutely take for granted things they can't understand. And only traveling to other countries, particularly developing countries like Mexico, or go to India, or go to China. And you can see countries with completely different developing mythologies that approach life very differently. And, but, you know, most people will go to Europe. It's like, oh, Everything's so great here. I can have wine on the sidewalk. We should live like this in America. It's like oh, it's very civilized and it's it's, it's very yeah. sophisticated. But what what ends up happening is you you lose you know that sort of rugged mentality. Yes, that gets the job done right. And 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 movies like Gone with the Wind um, speak to that. It's like rugged individualism and like and fighting for your land and things like that. It's just, it's so deep in the American psyche. And what's interesting is actually is, is um, you know, so uh, that movie was basically like, like soft censored by like Netflix, you know, like we put a little disclaimer up, learn more about Black Lives Matter and all those crap. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like it is true. Like, um, you know, there's, there's this one particular character, uh, this, this like young Negro woman, as they would say. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, that is, that is not, it's, 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 it's not a very positive portrayal. Sure. Right. But you have to remember this movie came out in 1939. Okay. Right. Um, at the same time, you know, um, you know, there's a lot to be learned about American spirit in that movie and you don't want to get rid of that. What's interesting is, uh, that movie was banned before in the world in Germany by, by Hitler. Mm-hmm. Um, and not the movie, sorry, but the, uh, it, it, uh, I don't know if it was a movie or not, but um, he, he banned the book because oh. he did not want people to understand this like rugged individualism. Right? Mm. Um, because again, the Nazis, you know, they were, they were socialists, you know, sure. they were national socialists. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that kind of thinking you know, to take root in, in, in your country if you're going to run like a, 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 a socialistic system. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's fun and interesting. Like they, they really try and, and you know, like, to, like if you have a strong government, you don't want that, you don't want that thinking um, in your people because you, you, it, it makes them ungovernable, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the job of Americans right now is to become ungovernable. Mm-hmm. And to bring back this oh, sense of, go ahead. Uh, or, 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 or at, at least remain ungovernable, right? Mm-hmm. I think, I, I think a lot of men, I think a lot of Americans are fundamentally ungovernable. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't more that deeply want to be governed that can't imagine, and that's that's the big split, right? That lives in the in the um, in the middle of the American psyche right now, which is there are some people like myself, you know, and 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 probably plenty of people who listen to this podcast are like. 
yeah, no, I, I don't, I have no need or want to be governed. I'm able to self-govern. You know, I don't, I don't not do wrong things because they're illegal. I don't do wrong things because they're wrong. And then there are other people that absolutely, for whatever reason, need to be governed, or it's probably more along the lines of they feel powerless. And so they need, they need to govern others or they need to feel, they need others to feel as powerless as they do is probably what it is. And that's a big split that lives in the American psyche that's been cultivated for a very long time. And, uh, you know, I don't know how that gets resolved. That's the thing. It's like, I, I don't know that those two people can live comfortably in a nation together. Um, you know, the, the, the people that require government, they would like to use institutions of government, media, medicine, law, finance, and use the institutions against people like me and others that's to try and, yeah, and get them to capitulate. But, you know, what I, what I say is that that's soft power. It's like you, can't, you can shame people in the media but ultimately you can't compel them. You can take away their livelihood. You can take away their reputation. Um, but there aren't any jackbooted thugs in the streets. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, you know, there's a, there's a video on Twitter, you know, or you get highlighted on the news. It's like, well, that's not the same as physically compelling someone to do a thing. And that's the thing that I don't know will, is able to happen so much here or even mm-hmm. in Sri Lanka. Like Sri Lanka ran out of military members to control their population. So I don't even know right. what's going on there. But that's the big well, question and, for me. Yeah, and that that also is 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 the big secret. Like what what happened there can happen in any country because there are sure. more there are more of us and there are them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this is why you 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 need to divide and conquer your own population, right? So you see this in Canada a lot. Mm. Um, in Canada, I I knew. Uh, for for a long time now, but it 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 really became like a reality with this old pandemic stuff. That um, your your most immediate threat is is not the government, it's not the police, it's your neighbor, oh, because yeah. they will see you, you know, not 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 abide by the mandate or the rule or whatever, and they'll snitch on you. Yeah, right? and um, they they. Yeah, it, it's just a sad reality because they've been so successful at, at, uh, at divide and conquer, right? Mm-hmm. And ca- it's cowardice. It's cowardice, yeah. right? And that's the saddest thing is to see people we know, people we love, people we once even trusted absolutely capitulate and absolutely lose, lose their minds, lose their yeah. minds and turn their neighbor, their friend, their family member into the enemy. Right. And that's, that's a phenomenon that I think can only be understood spiritually. I don't think that there's a terrestrial yeah. explanation for it. So uh, the, the next song I'm writing is about this exact same thing. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Because like, I want to get into the, the project because it kind of brings a lot of things together. Like you talked about Ephesians and, and, um, and you know, your filmmaking history and, and making films for Infowars and you know, how, to, how to fight back the cultural war while being isolated, how to do it all yourself. I mean, it's really all coming together in your in your band project now, which I, which I think is great. Yeah, yeah. So the the band project thing is interesting because um, it's something I've wanted to do since like two thousand and two. I, I think maybe even before I wanted to like be a filmmaker. I've you know mm. I've, I've wanted to you know have a band, right? You know, it's like it's like most teenagers. Well, at that point, twenty. Yeah, I was I was eighteen. Um, you know, you you want to you want to be a, you, know, you want to have a band, right? Like I knew how to play yeah. guitar. I, I couldn't sing. I couldn't sing for shit, basically. And so I, I'm like, I, I need to find a good singer. And, um, you know, I need a band, like I need a drummer and stuff. So we, you know, um, at that time, I was in a very small church. 
um, is that my dad pastored as well in Canada. And uh, we, we had like a little youth group there and uh, we had a drummer, we had a, a bassist, me on the guitar, and we had a singer, whatever sort of. And um, you know, we're like, let's, let's make a band happen. And it was okay. Like, we, you know, we, we had a few gigs here and there. It was, it was like super Christian, you know, stuff. Uh, and it was fun, but it's like, it was more like a pastime, you know, for the other band members. Whereas for me, I wanted to, I wanted to take it more seriously. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, it's, it just fell apart. Like, like not in a bad way or anything, like sure. it wasn't acrimonious or anything, but um, it just kind of just fizzled out. And uh, I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to make my own music. And I started, you know, back then it's like, you know, I, I bought this, like this, uh, this, 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 um, it's, it's like a PC sound card really really low quality and I, I just couldn't get the right like distortion sound that i wanted and i so i just gave up right mm. but i mean back you know I, I i had this vision back then of wanting to do what i'm basically doing now which is 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 make music that that has like more of like a political um bent to it and, mm-hmm. and a spiritual bent to it um and you know I, I feel like i was like uniquely you know suited to do that but you know, now looking back, it's probably a good thing it didn't work out because I I I was maybe like mentally not ready either, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's what I'm realizing now more. But anyway, so when, when we moved to Mexico, it's like you, you sort of so I, you know I I kind of fell off the map in 2020, right? And then fair moved to Mexico. Yeah, like I I, I did some work on on, on Jack Basobic's Antifa movie and. Um, I even have like a little cameo in there. And then I, I, I did this little short film uh, in BC called Super Spreader that I just, I just wanted to get it out of my system. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to make something again because the whole year I didn't do anything. Um, but then we moved to Mexico and then all that. So I just kind of fell off the map. And you get to the point where like, you know, you, you feel kind of forgotten, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like everybody's moved on without me and I'm just kind of stuck here, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not a great feeling. No. Right? So... And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna I'm, you know I'm gonna make a song. I'm gonna go back to this old idea I had of making music like this. And uh, so I I I made a song last year uh, called "Act of War." And uh, I, I just put it out like under my own name or whatever. And it, it did reasonably well. Like um, you know I. Uh, Mike Cernovich, you know uh, he he uh, he. Uh, he, he, he basically tweeted it out and um, I had it on YouTube and a lot of people started to like watch this thing. Mm-hmm. And, like two days later, YouTube disbanded because it was, it was against the, the vaccine. Right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So I put on Odyssey and it, it kind of slowed down there and it was like, I think there's like 6,000 views on it. <clears throat> it's not bad. But uh, it, 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 it mostly proved to me that um, I can do this because Again, like I was never really a singer and I, I just kind of went for it with this song and I'm like, okay, like it's still a little rough and raw and whatever. I'm not like the best singer and I, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to seem like I am, but I'm, I'm good enough to make it happen. And mm-hmm. with some software, you can sort of like auto-tune a little bit and things like that. Um, and it, it sounded okay, right? So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do this now. I'm, I'm going to do this as a side project. And when I'm not working on another project, it'll be the main project, right? Uh, so yeah, that's what I did. So then, uh, the, you know, then the, uh, um, the doc with, with Lauren happened. So I was busy with that for like four or five months. And then, uh, I went back to, 
to this thing. So I was working on 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 on, uh, on the song that I just put out like last week called Exit Babylon. Mm-hmm. I I started recording it in like October last year, and then I put it on hold for the project for <clears throat> for the doc. So when that was done, I I got back to it, finished it. Um, it took a very long time because you know I'm also learning how to like mix audio, right? So it is a process. And, yeah, it and it's yeah, it's not it's not simple. I've 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 learned that. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, it just took a long time, but it's out there now, and I feel like you know what I work on now, like the next one is going to be a lot quicker, and you know I'm not going to care too much about like with the music videos. You know, if it's low budget and cheap, it's low budget and cheap. You know, it's a music video. I don't really care that much. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just want to put the stuff out. So I'm going to be working on that. Um, you know, it's, it's a slow, it's a slow process, you know. Um, but it's something I need to do for me as well, because I, I will go insane if I can't make stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you get to take all these all these thoughts, all these experiences and roll them up into something and create a creative product. Because I know what you mean when you're not putting stuff, when you're a creative person and you're not putting stuff out, the, the feeling is, can be a little bit like, well, what have you done for me lately? Where did you go? You know, uh, and because there's so much content that's available now, it's really easy for people to just forget and move on to the next thing, you know, and it, the, the feeling as a creator is starting to become irrelevant almost. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, but if you have things to say, and observations to make, how are you going to capture that? And what I like about the Exit Babylon song and the video too is, um, you know, Christian, Christian music is not famous for being particularly good. And, uh, and, good, Christi- and good Christian music is not famous for being particularly Christian. Right. <laughs> so that you've managed to create something that has edge and grit and strength and that actually makes a strong political and religious statement, I thought was really impressive. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I mean, in- it's 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 not gonna be like overtly. It, it, it you know what I'm I'm not gonna try and 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 you know like make a brand like like super consciously. Right. It's what I feel is gonna come out. So yes, there'll be a lot of Bible references and things like that, but it won't be just that. You know, mm-hmm. it'll just be what I feel. Like, you know, I, I I need to say at at this particular moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I I think with that too, like it it. It will be authentic. Authentic. It, it will be genuine. I'm not going to pander or anything. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a little? Like it, Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, if people like it, great. That'd be awesome. I mean, it'd be nice to, like, you know, you know, you know, basically make a living off it. But uh, like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and 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 have it be something just so it can be successful. It'll be authentic first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, you you get to. Um... It's, it's an act of self-expression, right? And that's always the thing with, with music, probably, music mostly because you can make stuff that panders to the crowd, that's popular, that's hip, that you know is going to be successful, but that isn't necessarily what you actually want to say, right? right. And it's, especially when you're a one-man kind of crew, right? Like you, you, you handle all the, all the conceptual and all the creative and all the execution. So, you know, you're the one navigating alone versus like having to do it in collaboration with a band where different men have different agreements like no you get to decide but what's mm-hmm. most i mean we were talking earlier about strategic retreat and fighting the battle on the terms that we can fight on like that's what the exercise is right it's like mm-hmm. this is your ability to fight and and you know i'll probably for the introduction to this podcast i'll probably play a segment of the song so so people listening at this point will have heard at least some of it not the whole thing so i'll mm-hmm. recommend they go to youtube and listen to the thing entirely but you know 
I think that's a strong position to fight from, especially with the things that you have to say and that you can actually make out what the lyrics are. Although I watched the lyric video that helped, but you're delivering a message and you don't need anyone's permission. You know, making a film is like, it's all you need. You need some amount of permission. I mean, I suppose there are ways that to not, but for this is like, what I got stuff to say. I'm out here. I'm just going to say it. And that's, that's where some of the best creative expression happens. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's there's pros and cons to to both approaches. Right? Sure, yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, it's something that I feel needs to it, it needs to be done for me, um, and hopefully it you know it's it's meaningful to you know to a, a, you know as as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. I, I want to serve people with that, um, and and you know and and maybe bring you know some sort of color to their lives with it, and and also just like you know like a uh, uh, like a sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Like a uh, you know, like a vicarious sort of exp- uh, expression for them too, and, and and that's what music does. Mm-hmm. Listen to something that really you know, like you a song that like really resonates with you. It it does something to you. Like it it makes life. It it you know like it it sort of it sort of opens up like a a, a small part of life that wasn't there before, right? And mm-hmm. it makes it more interesting. It you know it's more dynamic. There's you know, like more dimensions to your life a little bit, you know, and, uh, and, and that's what, that's what art does. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's important too. And I think too, especially with my music is, you know, I, I'm, I, I've, I've known from before, like it, it would, it's going to sound aggressive. A lot of it's going to sound very aggressive. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's something that's missing, you know, like you, you know, like what, uh, what you do with your work is you, uh, you know, you want to serve men, right. And, and have them be their best selves. I think something that's been really beaten out of us as a whole it's aggression. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a bad thing. You go to school, you get into a fist fight, you know, there, there's punishment, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you, if you maybe like, you know, if, if, if you like verbally abuse somebody, that sort of gets like skimmed over, right? But, but guys are not like that, like, you know, um, inherently, like we're going to, we're going to use our fists, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that like male aggression. It's not a bad thing. It, it can be used very destructively, but, but there's, you know, uh, if if you want to have a, a a good a good strong society, you you need men to be aggressive in in whatever. Like if you know, like if you're an architect, you know you you have to have a drive to like accomplish things so you can make these amazing buildings, right? It it requires aggression. Like it's there for a reason. God put it there for a reason, and um, it gets really frowned upon, looked down upon. It gets beaten out of us. We've got like so many weak men who, who, are, who are you know um it's it's you know like they're afraid of their own shadow kind of thing um it, it needs to be expressed more and if if i can help sort of awaken that feeling in guys but but also like sort of maybe help steer it in in a, a positive and you know like joyful direction because mm-hmm. you can have like joy and anger together like <laughs> like working together you can have that that's holy yeah you know uh it's like be angry do not sin right Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's a real need for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked how how in the in that first song you you pulled off like a nine inch nails kind of industrial vibe, mm-hmm. but nine inch nails is completely like demonic music. I had no idea how bad it was. You know, just even it's, the name. Uh, it's it's super aggressive. Yeah, and and it's funny because it's like, um. When I put that out, I started seeing uh, you know, a bunch of comments like, oh, it sounds like Nine Inch Nails. And I'm like, okay, like I know Nine Inch Nails. I know some songs, sure. but I started listening to it more because of that. I'm like, holy crap, like this is, uh, it's, it's pretty dark. Like yeah. it's, it's angry, 
And you know what? I, I do have a respect for that anger, but it, it's got to be wielded in a more constructive, positive way, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise you, you get to some dark places, man. Easily. Places, yeah, and especially these days, too. And, it, you know, it's something, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to glorify it or anything, but you, you kind of need to go through some, like, darkness, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can understand what what you're dealing with, and you know uh, there's danger there. If if you don't if you don't respect that, um, you know you 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 can fall victim to it more, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you you have to understand that you you have like maybe as they say a dark side, like the psychologists will say a dark side or whatever. Um, but you 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 can't you can't give into it. You can't surrender to it. You, you can use it and, you know, um, and maybe like redirect it in, into a better, you know, to something that's positive and constructive and helps other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something that I think Christians need, Christian men need in particular is, is a, a more intimate fami- a familiarity with not just anger, but I think a sense of personal power that anger is really linked to, right? Like, like my, my experience of Christians and Christianity from the outside was very much like these were these were men that weren't really connected with any amount of anger or angst or anything like that, and um, and from the inside, you know, from having to reconcile that with myself and then becoming Christian, I don't find any contradiction between Christianity and that. Mm-hmm. And so, it, I, but I've been trying to find the language around it. But I think the unique, I guess, what we say contours of our age is that like, now nah, you got to find it because your your family, right? Not not necessarily your family, but I mean, our families, our livelihoods, our our nation, our world is under attack. And where mm-hmm. are you going to find the energy, the personal power from to push back meaningfully, if not from anger? Like right. as long as it's as long as it's righteous anger. And how mm-hmm. do we how do we teach men what righteous anger is? Music is always a great way. But where's right. the righteous, angry Christian music? Is yeah, there any? Like, There's one song. I know one song. It's yours. <laughs> really true. Yeah, no, it's um it it's a good point. And it's like you know, like, you know, so many of us, especially, you know, um, you know, especially those of us who, 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 you know, are believers and are Christians, mm. we're deathly afraid, you know, as, as you are, 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 are raised in, in that, in that sort of environment, mm. like, like you become deathly afraid of being naughty yeah. or, or, you know, like not, not following the rules. Right. And so a, a sort of conform, um, a sort of conformity is like, is, is, is like imprinted on you. Sure. And that, that the stakes is a real are high. Yeah. It, it's a real liability right now. And yeah. too many Christians, you know, they, and, 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 and here's the thing too, like, like this, you know, um, this whole idea of like suppressing your dark side, uh, it has merit in my view. Sure. Because, you know, these people who think that, and, and this is why I see so much virtue signaling today, because mm-hmm. if you look at the left now, they're, it, it's a new kind of religion, right? And, and that point's been made over and over again on Twitter, yeah. but it's true. And, and um, there's a dark side there that they don't want to acknowledge, so, but it's there, it's, it bothers them, so they virtue signal, and there's a lot of projection. And that's the kind of thing that will one day find, it, it finds its expression 
and becoming like a camp guard or, you know, some sort of a tyrant. Oh, sure. Camp guard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A camp yeah. guard, like a mm -hmm. Nazi guard. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, and, and people don't want to, they don't want to realize that you and me, we, we have the potential to be the Nazi camp guard, right? The left has that potential and it's, it's, they're very close to that potential. And I would say they've already reached that potential in sure. many ways. Um, and it's like, if you don't, if you don't understand that it's there, then, then, then how can you make sure that you don't go there? Right. Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's there. I'm not going to go there. Right. That, that, that's the, that's a dark evil path. Um, I'm, I'm not going to fall victim to it. I'm going to do this thing instead. I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm going to put my faith in God. I'm, I'm going to, you know, whatever, but like you, you, you need some, some sort of expression of that, like anger maybe, or, you know, you know, things that maybe, you know, get looked down upon a little bit. You, you have to, you have to express it in a way that's constructive. Like I was saying before, mm -hmm. if you don't, man, some, some nasty and, and twisted things begin to happen. And we're seeing that on a social, like on, on a society wide scale now. And I think a lot of that comes, be, it, it comes because men are, um, men are not allowed to be men anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, 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 I, I don't like wading into these topics too much because there's, there's so much, um, you know, um, there's so many crystallized like, like thoughts and beliefs on, on this stuff. Um, like the manosphere type stuff. Like I try and avoid uh, that. I, I see a lot of like, like a lot of stupidity there. A ton. Um, a ton. I can I, talk I, for I, at length about that. Oh. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure when it first started, like it, it was maybe, uh, you know, like, you know, and there may be good reasons behind why it started, but yeah. like, you know, then, then people see, oh, I can make a living off this. So I'm going to, yes, I'm going to pander, I'm going to pander to an audience now. Yes. I'm going to say what they, they want to hear and no longer what they need to hear. Right. So then, then it becomes this like incestuous market. Right. And, mm -hmm. and it, it, it just goes way off kilter. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and it's like that with anything really. So the, the whole manosphere type stuff, it, it's just, uh, it, it needs to come to like its natural end, I think at some point, but, but at the same time, you know, there, um, there is merit to the, you know, to the view that because men are not men anymore, society has just gone into breakdown. Like you can blame women all you want and feminism, that stuff would not have taken place if men knew what they were dealing with and, 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 and who they were. That stuff would have never happened, right? Right. So, and yeah, you take extreme ownership of that. You you, you take extreme responsibility of that. But that that's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tons of thoughts I can share about all that. Just real quick about the manosphere. You know, this is something that I've studied at length for a number of years. And you know, I think the manosphere. I think of it in terms of like technology, right? The the manosphere was a really useful technology for a time. It allowed men to come together and put together some interesting ideas and crack some codes and really benefit men's lives. But now the manosphere is an is an outdated technology. It's an outdated tech. It's not. It's it's you know. It's it. Um, some men are at that stage in their journey where they still do need that technology, right? Like your first computer doesn't need to be you know a supercomputer. Your first computer can be some sort of iPad. You know what I mean? But right. um, but for men that are trying to make progress in their lives towards family and prosperity and righteousness and all that stuff, the manosphere does not serve them anymore. And you're right that you know there were some interesting ideas early on. And then the hangers-on come in and recognize that they can make money regurgitating, you know, and, and injecting poison into men and getting money out. There's a lot. There's a lot of that, and it's a it's a shame. It's a shame. And yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to say, you know, when yeah, um, go ahead. 
Yeah, like when I first learned about what that was, it was already kind of at that stage. So I was already like, okay, <laughs> yeah. this is not something I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to associate myself with this, really. Um, but yeah, you know, there are some ideas there that do have merit, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and the ideas, well, like, look, the, the Manosphere came out of um, the pickup artist era, right? Which was, what, late 90s, early 2000s. It was an evolution out of that. And that whole world was, you know, about promiscuity and, you know, quote unquote, not counts and, 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 and observations about women and feminism and, and all this stuff. So the manosphere is rooted, is rooted in, um, we might generously call materialistic values, right? That's where, that's, that's where the, the soil that it was grown out of. And so you right. can only, you know, you know, a tree by its fruits, right? Bad tree doesn't bear good fruit. And so mm -hmm. ultimately what I think is going on is the manosphere tree is being to bear fruits that go back to the roots of it back in the pickup artist era. And it cannot grow beyond that because mm -hmm. a lot of men who made a lot of money in that world lived prom promiscuous fallen lifestyles. And so what are they going to do? Are they going to, I mean, I, praise God. I hope that they disavow all of it and they, they come to Jesus, they make a confession of pay, faith and a public repentance and say, mm -hmm. I was wrong. But like, yeah. People aren't great at that, <laughs> you know. It's not. I, I hope that, they, but I think the manosphere is hitting that ceiling of like, hey, you're not going to be able to go any further in serving men until you repent of your past life. And some guys are like, my livelihood is based on this, my reputation is based on this, and I'm not right. going to give it all up. So okay, like, well, the, the men who are looking will look somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. And just real quick about the anger part, you know, you said. Um, about men experiencing their anger, I think I want to just kick this idea around that there is something to, you know, you post pictures of, of, and you're in your, in the gym, you know, and how important that is because I think physical fitness and combat sports give men a chance to experience their anger in a, in a productive way and that they don't, you can't let it out at the office, but you can let it out over the weights in the ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's very important, and it, it's it's helped me a lot. Look, I I, I don't I, I don't want to make it seem like it's like a, a solution to to having like internal whatever you know right uh, right doubts and conflicts and 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 um and um and and also especially insecurity right mm. um, but but it does help it does help it, it has helped me a lot um, and like this last year too like it's. Um, it, it was a tough time for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and uh, I'm still not completely out of the woods yet. Um, but I know for a fact, if, if I did not go and, you know, like, uh, if, if, I, if I did not go to the gym regularly, I would have been a complete basket case by now. Mm -hmm. um, for sure. So, uh, yeah, it, it really matters. I highly, highly recommend it. And for some people, maybe it's like, you know, they, they do something else that's, you know, that, that involves like, um, you know, uh, that involves like a, a lot of physical activity. Um, but uh, you, you can't go wrong if you lift weights, really. It's, you know, in, in, in my view, it's, it's non-negotiable. If, if you, if you want to be effective too, and it's, it's not just because you want to look good and look big and intimidating or whatever, you know, maybe that's why you you first go to the gym in the beginning, you mm -hmm. know, but you, you will soon realize this is more for my mind than anything else. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual practice, right? Right. I think so. Yeah.
Can you talk about your your pickup uh, your pickup basketball game? I see you post pictures of the basketball court in uh, in Merida. Yeah. often. I'm curious about that. I don't know. No, we 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 do it every Saturday. So there's a whole bunch of expats here, like I was saying earlier. Lots sure. of lots of Canadians, a few Americans even as well. And uh, we just got together a few months ago and, and started to play basketball on Saturdays, and it's been great, you know. Um, and it's like all ages, you know. And you know, there's like uh, like the like last Saturday. Like this past Saturday, you know, this is one kid is like, I don't know, 13 or 14. He just floored everybody else. Right. But it was great. You know, he, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, late thirties now. And uh, I'm, I'm running on a basketball court with these like 13 year olds, you know, and, mm. and, and, you know, not, not, not being a complete useless uh, joke of a person on the, on the court, you know, so it's like, it's good. Right. And, uh, you know, this one guy here, uh, he's in his fifties. Uh, but you know he he used to do CrossFit, and he's in like amazing shape. You know he's he's not like he's not muscle bound or anything, but but he can he can run a whole game. And like we play in the heat, mm-hmm. we play and it's hot here, so we yeah. play in the heat and we're sweating buckets. Um, you know, like the locals here are like, you guys are crazy. Why why are you playing right now? Like under the sun, you know, like you're nuts. Crazy but, gringos. But you know we're having a great time and. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, 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 it's team sports, you know, like you have to work with people and it's, it's just been wonderful, wonderful experience. So yeah, if you can do something like that where you're at too, um, it does wonders for sure. Are you able to keep up your sp- spiritual life out there in Mexico? Like, I mean, are there, I don't know if you're, your father's a pastor, so I'm, you're probably having trouble finding Protestant churches, probably a lot of Catholic churches out there. Right. So yeah, this is, uh, this is a bit of an issue for me, to be honest with you. you <laughs> I was going to, I was wondering. Um, um, there are, as far as I know, two, uh, two Protestant churches, uh, you know what, uh, I, I would say two, two evangelical churches here, uh, that, that do offer, um, that do offer services in, in, in English here. Oh, okay. I haven't been, I haven't been to a single one. Um, <laughs> so, but my, my, my dad runs a small group here. I haven't been there in a little while too. I have to be honest. I haven't been there in a little while, but um, it's that's more a model that I um, that that I think is needed now. Mm-hmm. Is like a small group model, right? Where where you see your friends and you know you're you're more likely to like you know ask questions and like engage in conversation and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's more like what you see about like read about in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But um, now for me personally, and it's something I, I will go back to. Um, but like I was saying, I've been going through a pretty dark time the last little while, and I just wanted to sort of, I just wanted to like go even more isolated for a while and, and just mm-hmm. deal with my, you know, just deal, you know, you know, with my crap internally, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what that, what, what basically led me to that last little while, I just realized like I'm, I'm hitting a ceiling in many ways, in many areas of my life. Okay, like I don't want to blame the fact that um, I'm not where I should be on the fact that I'm like in a different country and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I just came to, the, to uh, I came to the, I, I came to face the fact that like I, I need to make deep changes, mm-hmm. um, and it's been, uh, yeah, it's it's been a pretty, um, how do I say this? Like it's it's been a roller coaster of a process, sure, and. Um, uh, a lot of upheavals, you know, personal. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
as 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 far as as church goes. So I grew up in the church. I saw a lot of good things, and I learned how to. I, I learned how to, you know, like love the Bible in church, and that's mm-hmm. something I will always cherish. Um, I, I also saw a lot of bad things, mm-hmm. and and the church that I grew up in, you know, like we, uh, you know, we were in, in 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 the evangelical movement, and it's it's really hip today to like really, you know, say bad things about the evangelicals. A sure. lot of it is very very true. A lot mm-hmm. of it is very true, uh, but they they have some you know, things that are very good about them, okay? Uh, now, not all of them are the same. So, so my, my, my dad, uh, as a pastor, was always sort of like an outsider, you know? Um, like, he didn't really fit in with, like, the other pastors and things like that. Like, he was, he's, he's a very genuine guy, um, and he's extremely principled. Like, he's not going to do something because it's popular. He's not going to do something because it might, you know, bring more people into the church and things like that, right? Like very, very principled. So, and, and that's, you know, that's been a really good example to me in my life. Uh, but I've seen how that movement, the evangelical movement, has lost its way, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I used to be on, on the music team in church. And, you know, and, and, and some of these things that, that were not healthy to the movement, uh, it, 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 it really did affect us as well, okay? Uh, it just because, you know, like you're, you're in that stream, right? And these things will, be, you know, will happen. So one, one thing that really bothered me, and it's kind of ironic because I'm, I'm doing music now, mm. is that uh, music became an idol in the church, right? And I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying like our church. I'm saying in general, you know, with evangelical yeah. stream. Yes. Um, you have churches that are built around their music team. Yep. Now. Yep. And they sell albums, they sell, you know, they make money in and of itself, not a bad thing, but now it becomes like, okay, we got to keep this up. We get, we need another hit out there. And all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden it's, 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 it's very gradually, you know, you see in the songs too, like the theology begins to change Mm -hmm. because now it turns into the self-help thing sort of. And like, I don't know, you know, that's a very simplistic way of putting it, but no, you're it, not it wrong. Begins to, it begins to go off course. Yeah. And I, I don't want to use the word traumatized. You know, I, I maybe <laughs> use it in, in more like an ironic or, you know, sure. like a sardonic way. Yeah. But it just got to the point where I'm like, I want nothing to do with, with church music, like modern church music whatsoever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with it. So when we moved to BC, uh, you know, my, my, my dad had retired as a pastor. We moved to BC. and. Um, uh, you know, like I, you know, went to a local church there and I just didn't let them know that I had any, you know, um, 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 at first, uh, you know, um, that I had any skills in music because I just, I didn't want to be part of it. Right. So eventually I got, you know, I, I started doing like sound for them, like, you know, um, you know, basically working the soundboard in the back and things the like board. that. But I, I never really got ingrained there uh, because I, you know, to me, it's like it, it became like a disgusting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel that way. I, I feel more of this. I feel more that way now than I ever did before. Mm. So for me to go to a church now, and again, like I, I don't want to. I'm not going to tell people don't go to this church or whatever. Like here in town, but as soon as I see photos of like a, a nicely set up stage with lights, 
you know, I'm just like, I, 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 I want to stay as far away from that as possible because I'm going to go in there. I'm not going to think happy thoughts. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm just not like, I'm, you know, that, that sort of anger is going to rise up in me. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like I said, I, I don't, I don't want to say people shouldn't go because some people do go and, and they get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like we're saying with the manosphere, like some people still have some sort of benefit when they first get into it, whatever. Right. So I, I don't want to say that, but it's like for, for, for me, I'm at the stage now where I'm like, I want to stay as far away from that as possible. I want to, I want to reconnect with God and, and, and the Bible on my own terms. Now, again, that can be very dangerous. So I, I, I'm not saying that people should do this en masse, but, right. but you do need, you do need, you do need a, a personal connection that has not been influenced by, you know, whatever denomination you come out of, whatever, you know, and maybe, maybe even your family, right? Like if your family raised you to be a Christian, God bless them, right? Mm-hmm. They really did you a huge, huge favor and you should thank them for it. Mm-hmm. But you will get to a point where you're like, am I just believing this because my family taught me this? Or am Lots I believing it because it's, it's real to me, mm-hmm. right? And this is not the first time I go through this. Uh, but that's where I am at present. So yeah, I'm I'm not going anywhere right now. And again, you know, it's it's not ideal. You you have to be among you know like a, a um, you have to be among a, a group of believers. It mm-hmm. has to happen. I've I've been toying with the idea of you know of maybe starting my own home group as well. I don't I don't know if it's a good idea or not. You know, I'm still I'm still debating that sort of internally. But um, yeah, it, it's it's sort of unresolved for me at this point. But uh, definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, backsliding or anything like that. Some people might think I am. I don't really care what they think, but I, I know for a fact I'm not. I'm, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm going through it like a, a, a type of leveling up process, I think. Yeah. That's way I can put it. Yeah. I mean, you've been through, you've been through a, a huge readjustment in your life. You know, like a lot of men, you know, I, I moved into this apartment, you know, when COVID happened in America. And so... I uh, only have felt what's going on in America return to normal sometime, I would say, within the past 12 months, within the past 12 calendar months. 2022 has been brutal. It's been a brutal year. Now, you know, for you, you had to flee your home country, move to an entirely new country and not a particularly, you know, uh, uh, urban part of it. Like Merida looks like a cool town from when I looked into it, but like it's not Mexico City, you know, or it's not Toronto, right? You have to reorient your whole life. You have to leave so much behind. Praise God that it sounds like your mom and dad were able to come with you as well. But yeah. you had to uproot yourself and move and move away from everything that was familiar while the entire world is melting down and trying to figure out what am I going to do about this? How can I contribute to this? How can I protect my family? Who am I now in this new world, in this new country? Like, mm-hmm. Nat, you're going through exactly what would happen to any man, right? That's right. how it seems to me. And that, and that it sounds to me like you're able to pull your way out of it. Because a lot of men would go into that and not come out, right? They would, they would, they would indulge, right? Yeah. But you're pulling yourself out of it. Right? It's what it sounds like to me. Like you're, you have something that you've put your energy and your focus and your intention to create something that is objectively good. Like I'm not just saying that Exit Babylon was good because we're on the podcast. Like I objectively enjoyed it and I'm excited to share it with men. And a lot of guys don't have the ability to take their anger, their frustration, you know, their, their angst, their disappointment in reality and channel it into a creative project well, mm-hmm. right? And so, right. you know, I just want to honor you for that because not, all, not every man would make it 
as far down the road as you have out of what you've just been through. I really appreciate hearing that, man. I really do. Um, it's not been easy. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not out of sure. it yet. Um, I still have days where I just, I, I slip back in. Right. But I, I am getting better at, at getting back out like soon, like, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in a much more, you know, like a much more quick way uh, because I'm, I'm sort of like, you know, become experienced at it. Yeah. Um, but, but it's like, you know, and it's not something I, I like to talk about. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been definitely, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a real, it's been a real issue the last, it, it, it really started for me like two years ago. And this mm-hmm. is not just because of COVID. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff is just like, you, you get to a point where you realize like the way I am right now, I have uh, unresolved things that I haven't dealt with my entire life. I need to, I need to, I need to introspect. I need to deal with this stuff. And, um, uh, it's, it's not been an easy process. It's been over two years now. Uh, the last seven, eight months have been, have been particularly intense on that front for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just holding on to, I'm, I'm just holding on to the, on, uh, onto the belief that it's for a reason. Like it's not, it's not happening it's not happening to me, you know, to like break me down and defeat me. Although that's a possibility if, if I let that happen, but because mm. uh, it is real, like, you know, there's real danger, but um, it's, 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 it's shaping me for what, what comes next. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how I view it. So I'm just, I'm going through it. I'm taking the lumps, you know, <laughs> just taking the lumps. Um, and, you know, and, you know, like with, with the song Exit Babylon too, like, I started writing that because I thought like, you know, this is sort of like an allegory to me leaving Canada. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's more than just mm-hmm. that, obviously. Like it's, um, it's like leaving the system, the world system and that sort of thing. Like, you know, not, not being tied to it uh, morally and spiritually and things like that. And most people be like, yeah, that's right. Amen. But it's like, it's a lot harder than what it sounds <laughs> mm-hmm. like. It, there's a lot of temptation there. And you know, if, if, if you admit to that sort of temptation then you know, you might get looked at like a, a weak person or maybe like a weak Christian, a weak believer. Right. Um, but, but you know what, like it's the same for everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you, if you don't admit that you can't really deal with that. So there's that part of it. But then also I started to realize as I was working on the song, like as I was mixing the songs already, it was already written, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, like I'm, it's, it's basically already made. I just have to mix it. And it just dawned on me like, okay, this is like what I've been going through, um, you know, and, and, you know, on the mental front too, it's like, I'm, I'm leaving or I'm, I'm in the process of leaving behind like, um, you know, basically mental problems, but like, you know, that, that we all experience like self-sabotage sure. and, and like, and, and, and harsh views of yourself which sometimes are necessary, but it can also be very debilitating. And I've, I've been extremely harsh on myself yeah. on, on, on a mental front, like, uh, you know, and a lot of insecurities and like most men have like insecurities about how, you know, they, you know, you know, how they are, 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 are um, you know, how they are perceived by women. Right. I never really had that problem. Like I, I married my high school sweetheart and we have a great marriage and she's been a, an amazing support for me. Amazing. It's not, it's not that, but like, you know, on, on things like competence and like worth, like, mm. you know, self-worth and things like that. Right. And, and, um, yeah, so 
if I don't deal with that now, I'm not going to be able to, you know, basically complete my mission. Right. Mm. Um, and it's been, like I said, it's been a two year process at this point. I'm still not out of it yet, but I'm understanding more and I'm making more and more changes. These are deep changes to make and they're very, um, they, you know, they, they're very upsetting. Like they're, they, they, they upset the apple cart internally. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's not, it's not a fun process. And it, I think for a lot of men, it can be very dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be a very dangerous process. You can lose yourself. Right? So it's, um, it's, uh, it's been interesting. Let's put it that way. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to the music and, 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 and putting a lot of that into the music as well. Mm-hmm. I completely, I completely relate. I mean, you know, I think if, if there's any, I don't want to frame it as weakness in a bad way. We'll just say weakness because we all have them, right? Or chinks in the armor, whatever, whatever the phrase is that, that a man has. If the past two years are going to bring it out, right? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're a spiritually, emotionally aware man, intellectually aware, you know, I, I've thought of it like a lot of men were deep sea diving in pressurized suits. And if you have just the slightest pinhole, right? Water's going to start coming in. And if the water starts coming in, you're going to start sinking, right? right? And so it's really been necessary that from my perspective, for me personally, that I find where, where are the weaknesses in, in my mind, in my heart, in my life, in my habits, right? Because there's enough gravity to pull me down to the bottom unless I start working on it. And it's been tough. Like this year, like since December of last year, have been what we it's like July now, right? So it's been eight of the hardest months of my life, right? Yeah. And and I just like you, it's not just physical; it's spiritual. It without a without a faith grounding, man, I don't know how I'd interpret all that because as a test from God, that I can do. But as just mm-hmm. capricious nature being cruel because that's the what the indifferent universe is, mm-hmm. man, I don't know that I could make it through that. And do yeah. guys try? <laughs> I don't know why. It's it's a depressing it's a, it's a depressing thought. I think I think the guys who sort of survived that in a way because I, I I don't see like really any benefit. But like you know guys who who don't kill themselves, guys who don't become like full blown alcoholics and and stuff, they they will express that in 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 ways that will not help others. Yes, so let's put it that way, right? Whether it's music or film or whatever, you see a lot of that today. Mm-hmm. you know but but it is sort of helping them cope you know for the meantime kind of thing so it it is like it's what happens right but it's it's still it's it it still is destructive and, and maybe more so on like a on, on a societal scale mm. yeah i mean what, what what would your choices be you know so you find yourself in the past couple of years you and me both and anyone anyone listening find yourself under under duress you know mental emotional spiritual stress what is your response going to be? There, there are uh, three choices, right? One is to deny it, right? Many, many people do. That's not going to make it any better, but you can try. The other is to, um, is to externalize it unproductively, to act out, right? Which yeah. is in itself kind of a form of denial. And the third is to, is to internalize it. It's like, okay, what is this trying to teach me, right? To take it on board, to learn, to grow from it, and to frame it as a growth opportunity and what are you going to create out of it? What are you going to do to redeem it? Right. I mean, that's, that is what real men do. And I don't ever be, like to be the guy to say, like, this is what a real man, I don't like to hold that power. But I think that there is an aspect of masculinity where it's like, denial is not the answer. 
making it other people's problem isn't the answer. This is your challenge. It's your problem. You work on it and make something beautiful out of it. And th- right. what, what more can any man be expected to do with, with forces that are so far beyond any of our control than that right now? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, it's, it's a very crucial moment in time. And people mm-hmm. need to step up. Mm-hmm. Do you have men around you and, 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 and Marita that, um, that agree with you on that? Yeah, you know what? So what's been really what's been really interesting too is like um, this whole vaccine mandate issue. Mm. It's mm. it's been like a filtration process because in Canada it's it's a very liberal country, <laughs> and you know so if you live, you know in in like any given town or city in Canada, the, the people you meet on a day to day basis are probably not, you know, going to share your worldview or or, you know. Uh, be nice to you even if they find out what you really think. I know. When the vaccine mandate hit, all the people that do think like you, they all made the same choice and got out. Not all of them, but a lot of them. The ones that did get out have, have pretty much the same worldview. There's some differences, obviously. Sure. But there's a lot more in common with these people than, than you would have in like any given town in Canada, right? So when these people started arriving... It's like, wow, I can, I can like be myself and not be stressed that it's going to cause problems because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have that, you had that before. It's like, you kind of have to censor yourself in the beginning. And, and when you do introduce like your more controversial views, you got to do it like sideways, in a more like strategic way. So it doesn't upset the apple cart too much, or you just go like, like all out and you just alienate yourself. Right. So, um, but here, you, you know, these people started arriving, these Canadians and like, man, I can talk to these people. And they're going through a lot of the same that I'm going through, right? So, so we do have that, you know, we, we, we do have that, you know, um, um, we, do, we do have that, that, that sense of community that was lacking before in Canada. And they're all saying the same thing. And like we're playing basketball together now on Saturdays and things like that. So it, it's been, that part has been, has been quite positive. And I'm just thinking like, when, when people start to associate together, you know, what, what will it lead to? Like, we don't know yet, but it, it you know, it, it might be some really important and great things. So a good development. Do you guys find that, you know, coming together creatively now, like you have maybe creative people leaving? Cause I know that being in the arts in any way, you better right. be careful about your conservative viewpoints. Like right. you don't let that sleep slip in the wrong environment. Like you might not be invited back into that room, but where you're at now, maybe there's, you know, le- there's, yeah. it sounds like there's less of that. Yeah. There's almost none of that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What sort of career? Go ahead. What, what sort of careers are the men who've come down there? What do they, you know, what do they come oh, from? So, with it? Uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this one guy uh, that, I'm, uh, that I'm really good friends with now, he's a mechanical engineer. Mm. And, you know, um, he was saying stuff like, you know, like he went on a Zoom call, you know, f- you know for work and, and people wanted to, you know, when, when the meeting first started, they went around making land claim acknowledgements. Oh, so, like, no. you know what I mean? So it, it's stuff like that. So, so a mechanical engineer is faced with this woke BS on a, on a daily basis in Canada, mm-hmm. right? Like th- they've infiltrated every level, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's just stupid stuff. And, you know, he himself is like, uh, you know, he's, he's basically Indian. He was born in Africa, but, it, you know, he's, he's Indian. And, uh, you know, it's always funny because, and we always joke that he's like the uh, the most like 
you know, like he's like the biggest white supremacist I know, but he's, yeah. he's actually like a brown Indian, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and a lot of a lot of immigrants actually do think that way in Canada. They just they don't have that same level of courage to say it, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. A lot of people don't know this, but you know, a lot of these people that you know they're socially conservative people. Like if they come from India, or you know, a lot of Muslims even like like mm-hmm. they're they're socially conservative, right? And now they come into this country and now they have to make land claim acknowledgements and, and things like that. So, you know, I, I'm curious to see how that's going to work out for them. Um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. So yeah, mechanical engineer, um, uh, a, a bunch of people are, are, you know, like retired. I don't know everybody's, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know everybody's careers actually, but uh, I'm trying to think now. Uh, Oh, one guy was an architect. Um, and again, these are like highly intelligent people and, and mm-hmm. highly educated people. So it's a brain drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, also people, you know, because it's, it's, not, it's not cheap to just move, right? So they, they had the means to do it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Interesting development for sure. Mm. Yeah, there's a big land migration happening in the U.S. In fact, I, I, my, to your point about socially conservative people, I, I lived in San Francisco for years and I had an Indian roommate. He was from India, from Goa. And uh, when I was traveling, I, um, I messaged him that I was going to India. I'm like, I'm so excited to go to India. And he's like, why? And I was like, I didn't understand that. Literally, that was his response. I didn't understand it until I went to India. And I understood that there are people in the world who are like, they, they, they want more than what their countries have offered them. And they look to places like the United States and like Canada, and they see the opportunity to get away from the way the rest of the world runs. And, um, and so they come to our countries and they're the ones experiencing so many terrible things. The country's like degrading around them. Like this is Mm -hmm. not what we moved here and stopped speaking on behalf of immigrants and and minorities, because you you know, have you been to the rest of the world? You know how it is out there. Don't mess up what you've got here. Like what we're trying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. I know that you're. A, I know that uh, you're a fam. You're a family man. But um, just curious, what's up next for Electrum Fire and and the plans that you've got for the project? Yeah, so I'm I'm working on another song right now. I'm still writing it. Uh, probably will be called Enemy, and it's about what we were talking about earlier. How uh, our neighbors have been like, you know, have, have been so like indoctrinated and brainwashed that you know <laughs> they've been weaponized against us and they become our enemy, right? But but they're not, at the same time, they're not like the real enemy, you know, because they're, you know, they're also victims in a way, right? So, but it's like, yeah, it's like that. It's, it's pretty aggressive again. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, and, and once that's done, I, I have, I, I have songs planned that are like, it's not going to be all like aggressive and, and angry, you know, um, I'm, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be more dimensional than that. So, but uh, yeah, that, that's where it is right now. Great. Some love songs, maybe. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I, 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 I like love songs, you know, like, sure. it's, you know, they, uh, there's some really good ones and it's, it's necessary. Like you, you want to be able to like express and feel those emotions too. Um, you know, on, 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 on part of the viewer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a place for it. We'll see if I'm inspired that way, then, um, I, I have no problem doing it. I just don't know if I'm, I'm in that space right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, let what comes out, come out. Yeah. Well, Cool. Well, where would uh, where can we send people to find out more about you and what you do? Maybe some of your films and your music. Right. Yeah. So uh, at John Dutois on uh, on Twitter. So J O N D U T O I T. 
Um, on there, you'll find links to my website, johndutois.com. There's links there to, uh, uh, to my Odyssey channel, which uh, has my shorts on it from way back. And, um, you know, you, you'll find links there to, uh, you know, to my music project as well, Electrum Fire, electrumfire.com. Same thing on Twitter, uh, YouTube, whatever. If you just go to my Twitter, you'll, you'll, you'll get links there to everything. Fantastic. I'll make sure to send a bunch of men and women your way. And, and thank you so much for this conversation, John, and for your transparency and, and for your honesty. And, and uh, I think your struggles are probably shared by quite a lot of people. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a great conversation and um, I enjoyed talking to you. Uh, yeah, like it went longer than I thought it would, but uh, <laughs> you know, if it's a good convo, I don't mind. And I appreciate that. So uh, all the best to you, man. Thank you. I'm honored. episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.